This is Connor. And this is Paul. And Dashwin. And welcome to Spiritualist Gamers. Your award giving, who gives a shit about the Oscars like Gut Screamies, film podcast. So this is our first annual Silver Screamy Awards competition movie best picture of the last 12 months plus a few extra months extravaganza movie competition awards ceremony. Oh my God, it's such a ca- catchy tagline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, it's a, uh, we're I, like the way, that. I like the way you say first annual, like it's the first until we don't do it anymore. <laughs> Screamy uh, Awards. Are you suggesting we won't do this anymore? Oh, forever, forever, ever. I think you'll do it again. You just won't have me back after this one. Oh, no. you're, all, you're we'll always welcome. We'll, we'll see how this one goes, and then you might so, get a, a, a recast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, you could be like Billy Crystal, where you get keep getting callbacks, or you could be like uh, James Franco, where we like just don't answer your phone <laughs> anymore. Oh. <laughs> I always think it's... <laughs> I guess will we just do a little overview of what what we're doing to the because so this is a little bit of a special episode for us. It's usually we we do our film critique, but this episode is our award ceremony. <laughs> and roll yeah, the red carpet. Uh, I decided to dress up for the occasion. I wore mm. a jacket. It's the first time I've worn a jacket in since Kieran's wedding, which isn't that long ago, I guess. That's only that's only almost last. That's not it too is, long. It is tighter on me than I would September prefer yeah. <laughs> the jacket. <laughs> well, you had a Christmas to deal with, so uh, <laughs> but who, it's fine. Who ate all the pies? <laughs> it's fine. It still fits. I'm just saying it's tighter than it was once upon a time. But that's fine. That's fine. Okay. So how this is going to work? It's a bit of an experiment. Kind of our pilot. Uh, we have all come up with our own categories for each. Sorry, for every film that we've watched this year. So we've come up with, so the categories we have are best actor, best actress, best supporting actor, best supporting actress, best director, best film, and then worst film. And we're e- we've each come up with five nominees. So we'll do a round table. We'll each talk about our nominees and then each of us will reveal our winner. And what we're going to do afterwards, I, I had initially planned to like buy a cheap little doll and spray paint it silver. <laughs> And that would be our Screamy Award. Uh, but that didn't happen. But maybe I'll make something. And we're going to tweet every single person who wins an award. We're going to tweet them. And the first person <laughs> who retweets it, likes it, or has any sort of interaction at all, uh, we're going to well, send like, them their... We only have one. Screamy. We're going to send them a Screamy Award. So... You I'm glad to... you. I'm glad you have all these very famous people's home addresses in that in your uh, in your address book. But uh... well, look, well, look, look, obviously they're going to have to DM us. They're you know like let's not get uh, crazy. Yeah. But uh, presumably they and we pay. definitely won't just turn up at their house one day. And go, hey, it's me. Remember that time <laughs> you gave us your address? <laughs> During the course of this, I look forward to seeing who might be getting or who might be chosen. And then just imagining them receiving it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say it influenced me. Like, you know, some I've got some A-listers on my list and I've got some, 
you know, newbies, let's say. If there's a possibility of us meeting uh, people, then I'm just going to quickly rejig my <laughs> around. <laughs> but yeah. before we get into that, I want to welcome back our very special guest, Ashwin. Thank you guys for having me uh-huh. again. I apologize in advance, but don't worry about it. We'll, we can get through it together, you know, <laughs> like the lockdown. Just like, <laughs> this is your second time uh, on the podcast, Ash, but unfortunately, the last time time we were able to actually do it together even though it was post lockdown i think it must have been in one of those kind of gaps uh but uh here we are nearly a year later and we're not allowed to share a room together yeah. it would have definitely been better if we were together yeah, yeah. just like because we would have all been drinking together and eating junk food and stuff it would have been awesome was it a is it a year since sneakers no i think it's less than a year i think this time last year we were doing rom-coms i think it was last summer wasn't it yeah, yeah. i think so I think, yeah, I think uh, it was about the summer. Yeah, it was still, it was in our old address though. So it was, it was at our old house. Yeah. Sitting around a table, you know, not wearing masks. Guys, I actually have a little surprise to tell you. Go on. Okay. I had to pull some strings. <laughs> but at some stage tonight, I don't know when, I have the one and only Francis McDormand is Skyping directly into us for a very quick interview. Fuck off. I swear on... Yes, it is happening. <laughs> you swear on... <laughs> what? Yes, absolutely. I'm so excited. Francis McDormand. Oh my God. I don't know when though. don't know when. It'll just it'll happen. It'll happen. I, I, this is so weird because I have actually arranged Anthony Hopkins to call us at some point this evening. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins, knighted by the Queen herself. Oh my God, I hope we nominated these two people <laughs> and maybe gave an award. That is bonkers. I hope it isn't at the same time. Wow, cool. Well, I can't wait to see at what stage of the podcast that happens at. Live. Does anyone have like a Billy Crystal style song they'd like to sing about 2021? We had no fun, anything like that? No. Uh, you're on your own there, Paul. <laughs> Go ahead, still. I'm not a singer. I just think that would be a nice little, you know, like the the camp. You don't really see that anymore. You know, the presenter does like the little camp singing song and dance. Oh, like in the Oscars. Lots of references things happening this year. Yeah. Oh, like in uh, what was his, what's his name? Uh, the guy from How I Met Your Mother. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Yes, Neil Patrick Harris. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also um, Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Jackman did it as well. Yeah. 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 I don't think uh, we have their charisma to be. Uh, speak for yourself. Speak for yourself, Ash. <laughs> talent. How dare you? Talent. I'm talented. Well, we could do the Ricky Gervais thing, just slag everyone. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, this podcast is about love, though. We, uh, apart from the worst film category. Yeah. Oh, that's um, gonna. I'm going to. I'm going to have words about the worst okay. film. Okay. Well, I think we're going to have the same worst film. Perhaps, perhaps. But look, how about we start off with the supporting actors, move on to the actors, then do director, then worst film, and then best picture. How does that sound? That sounds good to me. Whatever works, yeah. Okay, so will we start with best supporting actor or best supporting actress? Uh, I I don't mind. Um, I so. It took me a while to figure to find supporting actors and actresses. Just to be fair, like I, I found some of these categories really difficult. Actually, like Paul, fair play to you, wrote down all the movies that we had watched in twenty twenty. I 
started an Alexa list and then, you know, <laughs> finished after five movies and forgot about it. And Paul Didn't even get to diligently, <laughs> yeah, diligently wrote down all the movies we watched. And uh, as I was going through it, some of these categories were really hard. And I said that to you earlier, Paul, and you were like, oh, yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> but they were hard for you because you had so many options. So they were hard for me because I was like, I don't think any of these people were that good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was the same. It was like, like, I'll pick a random movie. What do I have here? Really? Like, if oh, I, I'll pick a, like, I picked a movie, like, you know, uh, Midnight Sky. I liked the movie a lot. Or ish, you know, it was in the middle somewhere. <laughs> but like, I didn't think any of the performances were particularly award worthy. Yeah. So De- definitely like, not. Maybe an Oscar, but definitely not a screen. <laughs> no. We have standards, please. <laughs> well, do you know what? I actually think 2021 slash 2020, because, you know, 2020 really, I think a lot, I actually think the films that came out, there were some, there were some great ones, but overall, I don't necessarily think there was very few films i saw that i was like oh i wish i had seen that in the cinema that would have been so much better in the cinema mm. it's a it's been a difficult year for me it has, yeah, yeah it has been it really has we didn't have any i mean i know that these films don't tend to get that much attention at awards but there's been no superhero films really i guess there's harley quinn and new mutants which i did not <laughs> nominate i don't know about you connor i didn't give it any nominations uh, <laughs> also wonder woman but that's again not worthy. Well, that's well, we didn't watch Wonder Woman because I just really that's one I really do want to watch in the cinema, and I'm still mm. holding out. We, we were actually <laughs> we, we drove past the cinema today and we had a look, and uh, there's a big Wonder Woman uh, poster outside saying December 17th. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I know we say, oh, it's not going to happen at this stage, we're going to get a very quick, oh, cinemas in Ireland are opening on this date, and th- it's not like any films are getting released. So they're going to have to play something. So I imagine they'll just be playing a lot of old films and films they had playing when they closed back in December. So I don't actually think, I don't actually think our chances are completely dashed of seeing well, it in the cinema. My, my reason for thinking that it's not going to be in the cinemas is because it didn't do particularly well among people who watched it. Yeah, the reviews were mixed, all right. But I, at the same time, I just don't think the cinemas have a whole lot of options when they do open for the first few weeks anyway. Um, our friend, uh, our friend Luke, friend of the podcast, hey Luke, uh, who actually just messaged me, who's listening to the news and said, uh, I, I meant to tell you that it was shite before you listened to it. There you go. <laughs> I think he messaged me and said that uh, Wonder Woman was uh, really good. I think, I think he really enjoyed it. <clears throat> yeah, and I would kind of trust Luke's thing. opinion in, in, in movies. I, I, think he's got, I think he's got good taste. There you go. Uh, I think I'm going to like it, but recognize that it's not the best thing in the world. Well, to be fair, on my list of uh, 79 movies I have here. That I've 79? Wow. Fair oh, no, there. sorry. No, of the ones I watched, I only watched 73. That oh, I could remember. Is that, is that all? <laughs> we have 40. We have 40. I watched a lot of movies. 44? Uh, well, there's 40 on my list. Wonder Woman was 32 on my practice. Did you rank them? I ranked all my movies. Oh, my goodness. Oh, do you know, wow. Okay. Do, 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 you, do you even know Ash? <laughs> Of course, it's a matter of like moving up and down. It's like, do I like that one better or worse? Wow, that's exciting. Okay, that's cool. Um, Well, look, just going back to best supporting again, I actually find this particular category one of the more exciting ones. And it's not the one that everyone who is an actor vies for. But I think supporting roles can sometimes be a bit meatier and a bit more exciting and dynamic. And sometimes they can even pull focus from the the main actor. 
Yeah, but this year I disagree strongly with how the Oscars. Now, that, to be fair, I don't think Oscars pick who gets nominated for supporting or lead. I actually think the the, the films themselves submit, so they they would submit yeah. because I know for the the favorites there was basically three actors who all had equal roles, but they were like, no, we want to submit Olivia Coleman as the lead and uh, the other two as supporting. But this year, I actually don't agree with a lot of the, some people have been nominated for leads and some people for supporting. I don't agree with that. So I've just done this as a, how I viewed it anyway. I Yeah, I would say the same, except Olivia Coleman was nominated for supporting actors. Um, no, she, but I did the same thing. She, for wasn't. Ma- she, she won wasn't. Oscar for, no, she won Oscar for Best Actress. The favorite, for the favorite. I'm no, talking. Sorry. sorry, sorry, not this year. Sorry, I'm oh, talking about okay. when she was. Sorry, you're right. She, sorry, yeah, nominated sorry, for this year she's for supporting. But when she won her Oscar, you could have. There could have been an argument that that role was supporting in the favorite because it was the same. Yeah, no, I agree with you. With the others. Oh, do you want to just because I, I suppose I have some examples? But do you want to just say around say? But we say actors are actors. So let's go with uh, best supporting actress first. Okay. Okay, will I go first? Sure. And the nominations are... Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. The best best supporting actress we do. Yes, because that is a supporting role. I know she's nominated for an Oscar for Best Lead. I think that's a supporting role. We can discuss that in a minute. Dominique Fishback in Judas and the Black Messiah. Yu Jung Yuan for Minari. I probably pronounced that badly. I meant to actually YouTube it and see exactly the pronunciation. Anyway, Yu Jung Yuan in Minari. Charlene Swanky in Nomadland. Ooh. And the final one, this is probably the end of the box one, Anne Hathaway in The Witches. Interesting. She's supporting as well. Mm. I don't think Mal Rainey, I mean, Olivia, uh, or sorry, well, <laughs> Viola Davis is clearly the leading actress in that movie. Who else? Um, I mean, she's she's well, she. You can have you can have a lead you can have a leading actor and a leading actress of the movie, surely, and she is the leading yeah, actress of that movie. I don't think she her role is a leading role. I don't think she has an arc. I think she is a supporting character to Chadwick Chadwick Boseman's character. She's like not on screen a whole lot. She. The film isn't really about her. She's kind of more there to reflect on the journey that Chadwick's character goes on. Uh, so just just from my opinion, I, I think that character don't is supporting. I also agree. wouldn't agree with that. <laughs> you, because she definitely has scenes that are just about her as herself. No, she does. Yeah, the, look, You know, the film is called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is about this really famous... I know, I, blues singer like one of the first blues singers and uh and, and this very and her sort of how she's gotten to where she she is now i know the, the film because it, i think it's based on a, a stage show and it kind of focuses mm. in on this one individual and their own struggles poor chap it wasn't so ill there but she is still a leading actress in that i well i just i personally i don't agree i think she is a supporting role in that film I think she's a very she's incredible in it. Oh my god, I think she's so good in it. But mm. I I feel like her status in the film <clears throat> is more of a is more to kind of highlight the tragedy that Chadwick Boseman's character 
goes through. And I just don't feel that she is the lead character in that, like, or jointly. I know you, that you can, a film can absolutely have two leads, but I don't think she's one of them. And that's that. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Go on. You tell me your, when you go to your nominees and we can. Okay. Ashwin, you go. The nominations for Ashwin. Okay. I only have four because. I only have four too. I couldn't. Like of the movies I've seen, I, anyway, we've talked about that. Number one, I have Olivia Coleman in The Father. Uh, number two, I have Ellen Burstyn in Pieces of a Woman. Oh, interesting. Three, I have Amanda Seyfried in Manx. I actually did agree with some of the Oscar things. And then number four, I have Isaac Gonzalez in I Care A Lot. I Care A Lot. I don't think I've seen that one. So <laughs> Rosamund Pike, she's the main actress in it. Oh, she's, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she's like manipulating these like old people and getting their money and just, yeah, it's... Peter Dinklage is in it, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah she, an enjoy, it's an enjoyable movie. Rosamund Pike won the Golden Globe for that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Myself and Paul had to watch Mank over three nights. I mean, it was just, I don't really understand why that is, has, has been so highly praised by the Oscars and it's up for seven it's nominated for seven Oscars or something like that I think it's ridiculous it's it's not a great movie I quite enjoyed it <laughs> it's really boring well, can we, just can we, uh, just regarding then Amanda Siegfried though um, I mean she was really good in the role but it was yeah, like, yeah it was a bit of a nothing role I know again no, that's I'm like was... supporting actress she did a pretty good job because I've seen her in other movies and like I've seen her worse. <laughs> Cool. Okay. And Connor, do you want to just wasn't very challenging role though, Ferris. No. Okay. My okay, so my I've got Alice Krieg in Gretel and Hansel. I thought she okay. was. Okay. Really, Is that really the that was the, the witch? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I felt in that movie, I felt the kid was obviously the lead, so I put Alice Krieg as the sport. Yeah, oh yeah, that, that's definitely uh, and uh, I thought she was I thought she did the role really well. I thought she was really creepy. And I just thought it was a more interesting kind of choice. Uh, my second one is, I, I have to say, I really struggled with this category, looking you know, looking for uh, supporting actresses. But, Paul, I also have Charlene Swanky. Oh! From No Man's Land. Tiny role. Uh, it's just a monologue she does. It's amazing. It's that monologue. So have you saw Nomadland, Ash? Uh, yeah, I didn't quite like Nomadland. So oh, I, I couldn't I, I remember the know. character. I didn't actually like it either, to be honest. I thought it was, again, I thought it was a bit meandering and not really going anywhere. But uh, well, but actually, they were all they were all actual nomads. You know, they, yeah. they, it was just it was just herself. What's her name? Frances McDormand. Frances McDormand, and then the lead actor was that uh, guy that David, um, David Strahern. Yeah. David yes, Strahern. yes, from Sneakers. Yeah. Sh- uh, Swanky, yes. Uh, Charlene Swanky. She played herself, Ash, but she was the one who she Does. reveals that she is dying of her oh, brain okay. tumor. But she yeah. has this. She has this lovely monologue about. She's not sad about dying. That. Uh, oh God, we're kind of spoiling this. Ah, well, it doesn't matter. It's not that type of film that you really spoil, is it? It's not like no. A film. Uh, and she just has this lovely monologue about swallows that she had these moments of pleasure in her life, like seeing swallows, and it's so natural. And I like this kind of supports your whole theory, Con. Because that that lady isn't as trained. <clears throat> excuse me. 
I don't believe she's a trained actress. So that really just supports your whole theory that it's all about direction. Like that director really directed. Like I wonder did she just ask her to just kind of talk about different things in your life that were really special? Because that monologue is absolutely stunning. It was one of my yeah. favorite moments of the whole year in cinema. Yeah, no, it was a stunning monologue, and it was so it, it was it was so natural. It's possible that the director just said, you know, talk about your 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 most emotional moment being a nomad or something like that, and, and you know that's what yeah. came out. I don't know. It seemed, it seemed real. It was actually real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, well, I, I feel she she also. I mean, the, there was parts of it that obviously weren't real you know there was um, oh yeah yeah all her interaction with francis mcdormand yeah yeah so i i i feel she was just sort of naturally gifted at acting so yeah you know yeah, excellent yeah. anyway uh my next one i put <laughs> this is ridiculous i just put this down because i i love shaylin shaylin in the grudge <laughs> i heard you asking me about her i, I mean i mean i love shaylin but ah, come on now <laughs> She's not nominated. She's never been nominated for anything, so I'm nominated for a screen because we love Shaylin. She's <laughs> awesome. We do. We love Shaylin. Look, any any time we get to celebrate the wonder that is Shaylin, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> even though uh, I personally think she's way better than that. But anyway, go on. <laughs> she's very well. I mean, she's much better than that role later to be. But anyway, um, and finally, another one that we're both on the same way, Paul, is in Minari, Yu Jung. Yeah, Yu Jung. Yeah, I feel like you've had. Is that five? Will you just say your nominees again, Kai? I feel like you've said like twenty. I said four: Alice Creek from Gretel and Hansel, Shailen, oh yeah, Charlie uh, Swanky, and you, Sean. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Sorry, Actually, you know what? I've been just looking at my list, and she should have. <laughs> I had her in Best Actress, but she wasn't. She's a supporting actress. You, John, young. Yeah, so you're gonna do. Oh, yeah, assisting. She might have to switch over. <laughs> Support yeah, movie. she's definitely supporting. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, do you know what I love about that role? I do think the quirky granny is a character that we've all seen before, and you could even say it's tropey. But mm. there's something about the way she does it. Like she's she's a lot of heart, and she is funny. But there's also, and when she comes into the film, the film just kind of it kind of gets elevated, doesn't it? I actually didn't particularly like Benari. I thought it was a fine little story. And I, I realized it was the director's story of his family when he was growing up. So it's a very personal story. I, I don't really, you know, it wasn't exhilarating for me. But I do I did think when the granny came in and her interactions with the kid uh, were very good, very yeah, kind of endearing. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. yeah. Also, just so exciting for this. You know, alleged, apparently she is, you know, you know, a big star in her home country, and then just to suddenly get this role, and now she's nominated for her first Oscar in her seventies. That's just such a yeah, lovely yeah. story, and she could get it. You know, she's not an outsider by any means. I actually have two other Korean movies on my list that are ranked higher than Minari. Oh, okay, okay. Oh. Well, it's, or, an or like it's, it's an American. It's an American. Film. It's an American. Fi- it's an American film. No, it's but, an American but, film. Korean yeah. cinema is actually. Really it's really especially, good and it's especially uh, korean horror just, yes I don't like normal horror movies because i don't think they're kind of boring and predictable but korean horror is actually you know it's a bit more fun i think, I think we should and i'm actually terrible because i i see these things it's like is it dubbed or is it subtitled <laughs> oh it's subtitled oh, no. but you forget you instantly forget within five minutes you forget i know i know i know yeah uh, I'm but there's a lot of there's a lot of really good korean 
or well, I don't know if it's really good, but I've seen on IMDb, you see these Korean horror movies come up, and they're very high. They're very highly rated. So, yeah. so, so uh, an actor that I nominated, and I think I'm the only one, and I, I and I was really excited about her role was Dominique Fishback in Judas and the Black Messiah. She oh yeah, I actually uh, thought Daniel yeah. Kaluuya's partner, and I just yeah, go on, Saikon. Yeah, she was really good. I, I was going down through the movies and I was actually thinking about supporting actresses. And I, I wasn't coming up with a lot, but I did think of Judas and the Black Messiah because I, I know his girlfriend and that is very, very good. Yeah. And actually and actually the one the woman the one actress in that movie that I would that I think had the best she had she had a, a monologue where Daniel Kalu is sitting at her kitchen table and her son has been oh, killed. Yeah, yeah. And she has this wonderful monologue. And I think I would have nominated her almost over Dominique Fishback. Yeah, yeah. I liked like Dominique's character was had a gentleness and a quietness about her, and I think that's very hard to portray and make interesting at the same time. And I really, I just, yeah, I found her very warm. I thought it was a really warm performance. I loved it. Yeah, and then my final one was Anne Hathaway, who, like you know, I know Luke isn't a fan of Anne Hathaway. I'm generally not, but she was kind of up against one of the most iconic performances in terms of like witches ever in Angelic Houston. And she wasn't derivative of it and she did her own thing and it wasn't a great film, but I really liked mm. her. I, I would great. argue though, that she, that she wasn't a supporting actress. in that movie. I would have thought she was more leading as well. Oh, Octavia Spencer and the, the, the whoever. Octavia Spencer is. Uh, yeah. She's... Okay. Yeah, she's the protagonist, essentially, along with the kid who's the mouse. The mouse. The mouse is the leading actor in that movie. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't nominated name. No, I think Octavia Spencer is the one who has the, is the, is the one driving the narrative. Yeah. That was a good question. Insubordinate, but a good question. Yeah, she's really good. She's, I'm actually enjoying Anne Hathaway's kind of later half of her career because I found her early, her early career a little bit insufferable, but I'm enjoying her mm. in recent years. You didn't like her as a cop, not at all. No, but I, I, I thought I, 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 th- I wasn't. I was really upset when I found out she was playing the Grand High Witch, and when I saw her performance, I really, I thought it was, it's the best thing in the film. To be honest, actually, mm. um, it's not a great movie, but that's what's that movie with the bank heist people, the casino heist people. Or Which oceans, 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 yeah, oceans age. Okay, yeah, and like she, she was probably the best thing about that movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, she was great in that. Yeah, she was really, really good. At first, I thought she was awful, but then I realized she was kind of winking at the camera and playing into that mm. type of archetype. So yeah, yeah. Is there any? I've I've gone through all my nominees. Is there anyone that you want to talk about? Oh, Ellen Bernstein. You you, you nominated. Ellen Bernstein her. was on, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. In, in uh, Piece of the Woman. Uh, yeah, had she was on my second. short list. She was on my yeah. short list. Um, like, like she didn't do much in the movie, and I, I thought that really, it was a really good movie. Um, mm. yeah, like she's, you can't do Alan Burson. She can't do wrong, really. No, like, no, she is amazing. Yeah, she's so. But good. I, I, I didn't actually. The film didn't strike a chord at me. I, I thought the first. I thought the scene with you know the, the which is the this the whole point of the movie that you know the, the birthing scene was very well done and very difficult I thought after that I don't know it just it, it didn't 
it didn't strike an emotional chord in me, and I don't know why. I don't think Shia LaBeouf and what's her name, the, the main actress, Mr. Kirby, Mr. Kirby. Yeah. Actually, well, oh, we'll get, we'll get to that later. There. Yes, we will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, I do, I do agree with Shia LaBeouf. Like the reason, and we'll get the best movie later as well. But uh, <laughs> um, I feel like this could have been higher on my list if Shia LaBeouf was better. Yes, at being at being better than anyone but himself. Like he seems to play the, the same kind of role in a lot of movies. Shia LaBeouf played a nerdy, young New York kind of Jewish kid in most of his early stuff. And then he got really serious about acting or something and really sort of intense. And, you know, started, you know, he he was recording himself naked, sending it to to Lars von Trier for uh, Nymphomaniac. And he was doing all this kind of stuff. And he was getting a bit of a reputation. And now I feel he's kind of toned that down into this person who's a bit, who's not the nerdy kind of kid and not the wacko thinking he's God's gift to art kind of person. And now he's just turned into this kind of bland, generic, good, but not very interesting actor. I, th- I, I kind of get the impression he wanted to have the trajectory of a, do you know the way Daniel Radcliffe and Robert Patterson mm. kind of w- went after their big hits? They went down these kind of arty roles and kind of really kind of, particularly Robert Patterson, like, and I, I can see Tom Holland doing this in the next few years, kind of doing these kind of weirdy roles and, and, and not playing your typical leading role. But I don't think Shia LaBeouf is as good an actor as them. But you see, these people like uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think as well. He kind of he kind of went off the, the radar for a bit and went into indie kind of stuff, and then kind of came back into back to Hollywood. But they go off and do this stuff, but they don't turn into fucking arseholes. and they they don't like uh, what was it? Jared Leto playing the Joker, sending dead body parts or blood or something in the post people all this nonsense they, they, they don't get absorbed by that you so know, a couple things saying this yeah so I, we'll get to Tom Holland later because I want to I hope Tom Holland does okay. do that because I love Tom Holland he won't he won't he won't there's uh, always there was always yeah. douchey energy about Shia LaBeouf there's no douchey energy about Tom so Holland I, I watched the movie I think I watched it this year, but it was from the previous year called Honey Boy. It was a Shia LaBeouf. He, he wrote and directed himself and starred in it. Yes. It's about his father, isn't it? It's about his father, but he's basically, basically say, it's kind of like he's playing the same character in, in Pieces of a Woman, almost. It's like, it's a very similar energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was just like, okay. But everything else about the movie, I really loved. I, I didn't hate his performance, but I thought it was a bit... No. It was a bit mm. weird. It didn't seem... I found myself wondering why would Vanessa Kirby's character who why what does she see in him because he's clearly a bit of a plonker I actually do find him a little bit sexy though Um, just the the thing about Ellen Burstein it gives someone a good monologue and that that just ups their chances for a screamy because she gets a lovely monologue um, about when she was a baby yes and she plays this controlling strategist uh, mother very very well and she has this she's got the uh, Monica Geller's mother kind of way but more subtle of just bringing her daughter down a peg just by a cunt and she, yeah. she does it she does yeah. it so well I love Ellen Bernstein she's amazing and then yeah she's, she's fantastic she she I did she's a lot she would have been a very mature mother like I mean Ellen yes Bernstein, I mean yeah Nancy that was a bit silly 
is only in her, she's our age, she's in her 30s. And Ellen Bernstein is in her 80s, I think. Um, It was a bit, I mean, it 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 was possible. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess it was very noticeable, though, I thought. Anyway, um, we have to, we have to have, we have to pick a winner here. Okay, so, well, my winner, well, I don't, you guys probably won't be happy with this because you weren't happy that I nominated her in supporting, but my winner is, we didn't really talk, is Viola Davis because I think she's absolutely incredible in the role. And Viola Davis is just one of the most exciting actresses there is. And I love her. She's amazing in this. Wrong. <laughs> you think she's crap in this film? Wow. Oh my god, you hate Viola Davis. Wow. He, he just takes more of her and put her as uh, there's an no actual, shame in being a supporting actor. actress, like that's what she is in this film, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> my winner, I was split, okay. I was I was split, but I I was I was between Charlene Swanky and uh Yu Jong Young. And actually I went with Charlene Swanky. Oh I feel that yeah. she Go Swanky. Go swank, swank off. She might actually retweet us. Yeah. Well, there you go. She, she's Twitter. She she's somebody who is not, as far as I know, a trained actress. She's not like it, it seems to me to be her first and possibly only movie, and she managed to play the part really well, be very natural, and deliver a monologue. Not an easy task. You'd know. Yeah, let's not talk about that. (laughs) Uh, Deliver a monologue which was very moving and emotional. And that's not easy when you've got a lot of cameras in front of your face and they they go action and then you have to talk about, you know, whatever it is. Mm. So I just thought it was it was it was worthy of a screen. Awesome. I love that. Um, My my top one is actually Olivia Coleman. We didn't actually talk about her at all, really. No, we didn't. Oh. But uh, in The Father, yeah, I, I, yeah it's Olivia Coleman. She's amazing, really. It was almost like real in a way because she's yeah. she's stunning. She's stunning. She she is very and, natural. And look, spoiler for later, but uh, I might have also given the district, this director a nod. Hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know whatever he did. It was you know. Really the reason the best in those characters, like yeah, I I think I feel the re- like I I considered Olivia. Uh, the reason I didn't go with her was I felt, although she did an excellent job and she was brilliant, I didn't feel the role was as challenging. Maybe and she wasn't actually in it maybe as much uh, yeah, supporting. <laughs> yeah, <what> I mean. <laughs> uh, but some of the other as 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 some of the other characters, I mean, just. Uh, her part of the movie, but I, I that that movie will come up for me later on. It, it yeah. her her bit of it didn't didn't move me as much. Yeah, I completely agree with Con. Like Olivia Coleman, I would die in a cross for her. She's one of my favorite actresses, and I anytime I see her, I'm just happy to see her. But she did nothing in this film that I haven't seen her do before. And um, even I think she did it incredibly well. This I thought there was more exciting performances that's why i didn't nominate her but i do, i thought she was amazing and if she won the oscar um, she's not going to win the oscar but if she did i'd be delighted because then we get to see an amazing olivia coleman acceptance speech and um, that's always amazing that's true <laughs> uh, uh, viola olivia uh, yeah. and charlene the swanker uh, swank, the swank girl, 
ladies, you'll be getting a tweet. If you retweet us before the others, you might... Uh, you might oh my god, we get to tweet Olivia Colman! Okay, so now we move on to Best uh, Supporting support actor. actor. The nominations are... Okay, so my five nominations are Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, interesting. Mark Rylance in Chicago, oh, Chicago 7. Hang on, what's that film called? The, <laughs> the Trial, Trial of, of the Chicago Sh- 7. That's it, The Trial of Chicago 7. Bill Skarsgård in Devil All the Time. Robert Patterson in Tennis. And Harrison Ford in Call of the Wild. Oh, I haven't actually seen Call of the Wild. That's, that's a that you saw without me. So I think the one film I saw without you, yeah. Okay, interesting. I actually, now, spoiler alert for the next category, but I actually had Daniel Kaluuya as leading actor. Okay. Uh, and I, so I'll give you my, I'll give you my nominations. I had uh, Lakeith Stanfield as uh, supporting Ooh, actor. interesting. Okay. Yeah. My next one was, I had Robert Pattinson in Tenet. There you go. I thought he actually did a really good job of that. And I'm not oh, he's I, so good in this. He I I liked I like Robert Pattinson, I, but I don't like him in a lot of stuff. But I actually thought he did a really good job of that. Stanley Tucci. Again, another one where I was like, is he the lead or is Cold 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 the lead? lead. Or, I think there's an uh, argument for both, yeah. But I had him in any way as, as supporting. And then uh, I had Supernova. For Supernova. And then I had sort of two left field ones. So I have Michael Potts for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Okay. Who is yeah, the he, older, he was the older uh, guy? The older guy in the in the in the the group. The piano. Okay. Who gets? Yeah. 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 Who gets into in, into arguments with uh, uh, <laughs> Chadwick Boseman? <laughs> Uh, I thought he did. I thought he was really good, and I, I don't think he's. I don't, I'm not entirely sure he's been in a lot of stuff, but I, I thought he he monologued and and was one of the better characters in it. And finally, another left fielder, Paul Rassi from uh, The Sound of Metal, who was the oh yeah the 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 owner of the the ranch, I guess that that. Uh, uh, the the uh, the hearing impaired ranch that your man yeah, goes to. I think he got. Oh, yeah, the, he's nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, he got the Oscar nod as well for that. Which is oh, nice. did he? Oh, oh fair that, yeah. there you go. You're on. The, you're on the. What's that? Your ears on the ground, or what's that saying? Your fingers on the. I'm awesome. button, That's or... the same. Finger on the, <laughs> fingers on the pulse. There we go. That's the one. <laughs> uh, uh, I thought. Really? I actually. Okay. I thought he was. I thought he was so natural. I thought in the in the role. Um, yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah, so we've got one overlap there, Con, just Robert Patterson and Ash. What is your five nominees? I have Daniel Kaluuya in uh, Judas and the Black. Um, so you both agree, and I, I, I'm yeah. the other one. Okay, I have Pullman Domingo in Marini's Black Bottom. He was the, oh. kind of, the main kind of guy in that room that wasn't Chadwick Boseman, the younger um, fellow. The, was it? No, the. The main guy, the other main guy that wasn't the main guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is he was kind of controlling the room, like trying to control. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he was trying yeah, to be yeah, like yeah. Di- di- the diplomat in the room, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had brought um, in Chadwick Boseman or something. Or he, had, he was kind of telling Chadwick to, to calm down or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have Nicholas Holt in The Banker. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Don't know that one. I'll tell you a bit about it later. And I have Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami. Oh, who, who does he? Who does he, he plays, play? In uh, he plays Sam Cook. Right. Okay. I haven't seen that. That's nominated for a few. That's been. It's kind of one of the kind of the B-list Oscar nominees uh, that I haven't got around to seeing. Yeah. Um, one Night in Miami. It's called. Yeah. I, I really. Yeah. It. It's it's kind of like. Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown. They're all like different famous. Oh, yeah. They all meet up. It's, it's, it's really good. I, I, Is it based I really on a, it. I assume it's based on true events. I think so. Yeah. 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 And um, uh, Kings, what, what did you say your man's name is? That's uh, Leslie Odom Jr. That's that one. So I only Leslie have four. Odom. I only have four in that, that one again. So supporting. Cool. Well, okay, so let's talk about Judas then, because there's a bit of this this uh, discrepancy there. Ashwin and I put Daniel Kalua and Khan. You put Lakeith Stanfield. Is that his name? Yeah, Lakeith yeah. Stanfield. Yeah. So I person, I just loved this film. I thought it was one of the most exciting films of the year, and I I loved both performances. I felt Lakeith was the person driving the narrative, even though their screen time is probably about equal. Mm. I felt Lakeith was driving the narrative. And it was it was always in it from his point of view, which is why I I, I put him as the so supporting. I, I, I would agree. I agree with you there, Paul. But also just on what the Oscars have done, they both gave, they both have the nod for supporting actor. That makes no sense to me. It doesn't make any sense at all. Absolutely. Who's the lead actor? <laughs> There's no lead actor in that movie. Apparently, absolutely. And to, it, it doesn't even do it the film any favors because they've like only one of them is ever going to like they could potentially both win. I don't think they would both win, but they could potentially both win if they had separated them. But by putting them in the same category, it just makes no sense. Like I, I would put Lakeith as lead actor in that movie. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's about is his it, struggle. So is it? Uh, are there maybe some rules? Uh, no, know, I think it, the film just decided to do that. But why would they do that? Why wouldn't they then send them? Like if they were going to send them up for for the same category, why would you do it for lead? Maybe they feel that neither of them can win best leading, but they could win best supporting. Maybe, maybe they I felt there was two know. other. Maybe they wanted they wanted to give them some some sort of acknowledgement, but there's other already too many people getting lead actor. Maybe, yeah, maybe they felt that Lakeith, because uh, I think Lakeith, I, I well, you might disagree, Con, but I think Lakeith is the obvious lead there as opposed to Daniel, and maybe they felt, look, we don't think Lakeith will get a nomination if we put him in lead. But we do think they could both get a nomination in supporting. And a lot of the time, the f- even just get we're talking about it, you know, it gets a conversation going. You know, I mean, I can understand why Lakeith, like you would say that he is the lead because he's the one having the, you know, you get the cutaway scenes with the FBI, and he's the one that's yeah, all that yeah. Yeah. about him. Yeah, in, in but, but well, but like equally, in essence, no, in essence, the story is about him, but like I, it's about him going into the world of Daniel Lewis. Yeah, I do think I agree. Yeah, but I agree. but you have you have these you you equally have scenes without him, uh, but with Daniel Kaluuya, and you have these very these big rallies where you are learning, and you know you, you have Daniel Kaluuya with his girlfriend, and, yeah, uh, and, and you know forming yeah. and the mother, and he yeah, goes and yeah. sits down with this mother and you know talks about her son dying and he's he's the one giving the the monologues without the keith at these um these rallies and you learn about you know so i think you learn equal parts um uh, about both people and so i don't necessarily know if it makes a difference that you see someone 
scenes with Lakeith and the FBI agent, and that's one. That's his story, you know. But you also yeah. see what, what, I, yeah, yeah, what, I, what I will say to that is it's just good writing. Like the writer who wrote this wasn't thinking about who's going to get nominated for best. No, you're whatever. dead. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're just. I'm going to write a good story. I need to tell everything about these characters, otherwise you're not really going to feel it. Yeah. You know? And Honestly, actually, Daniel Kaluuya. They, they sh- Sorry, Colin, go on. Daniel Kaluuya's character uh, also appears in the Trial of the Chicago 7, didn't he? Yes, he does. Yeah. 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 Um, and that, Daniel Kaluuya, I just, he's just one of the most exciting actors in the world. I, I loved how he, when I saw trailers, for the, you see most of the trailers have his uh, his speeches, you know, I am a revolution, and he mm. he appears so like confident and revolutionary. But actually, all of his scenes, you know, off stage, he, play, he are quiet and gentle. Loved, I just loved this performance. I loved Daniel Kaluuya. I've never ever seen him in anything that wasn't incredible. Um, I actually wish, even though I do think he's a supporting, I I want him to be in a lead role. I want him to be leading films. I want mm. to see him in. I want him to be in a film every couple of months, every couple of, every year. Yeah, that yeah. Like, he had such a presence in this movie. It was just he's, like, my God, I'm like, so like, good. Anytime he's on screen, it's like, all right, well, yeah. I'm definitely paying attention to this. Like, yeah, he's so charismatic. And of course, Lakeith Stanfield also was in Get Out. Yeah. So what you're saying <laughs> is, they're kind of like uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Yeah. And like, <laughs> who's the Matt early, Damon and who's early, the Ben Affleck? <laughs> early, early careers. I know. How'd you like them apples? <laughs> um, cool. Okay. Apart from that, um, Connor, we both nominated Robert Patterson for Tenet. I had uh, I considered Robert Patterson in uh, The Devil all the time. But actually, and I, I think he did an okay job at that. But I've also seen him in a lot, a lot of things that I don't think he's particularly good in. And while I thought he was okay in The Devil all the time, I didn't think he was fantastic. I can, I can oftentimes I can see him acting, which I don't like. Yeah, you can see the cogs turning sometimes. Can't yeah, you? and it's oh, I need to make this type of face now, kind of thing. But yeah, I thought he did a really good job and in tennis again because he had Christopher Nolan as a director who's awesome. <laughs> I, I I think Robert Patterson will. I think he's there's some other actors that are a bit like this, like Leonardo DiCaprio. I think I think is actually a really good character actor, and so is uh, your favorite actor, Jake Gyllenhaal. And I think Robert Patterson, he's not their level yet. But I, I really do, like, five years' time, he will be there. And I actually think he's great taste in, in films and, and roles. I think he's great taste. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what he does with Batman now. And, 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 I'm and really Irish. interested Irish to see what he does with Batman. Yeah. yeah, it um, might be the case that he just hasn't got the the offers for better roles, that like, more interesting roles that he could... You know. I think his roles have been great, though. No? But I, mean, I loved like, him in The Lighthouse as well. Yeah, no, like, yeah, that was good. But Ugh. I think more, more like he can really show off his chops himself. Like, yeah. I actually, yeah. I didn't like the lighthouse uh, as, as a film. That's uh, very artsy. But I, I didn't, I didn't like the film. But I thought he was very good. As, um, I just regarding Devil all the time. I actually liked that film, and it didn't get a whole lot of buzz. But I thought Bill Skarsgård. Was was great now, and I really like Bill Skarsgård. And Bill Skarsgård is like... the it, is he? He's new it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays it, and he played Tom Patterson, Tom uh, 
Tom Hondel, Tom Holland, Tom Patterson, Tom Holland's father in in the flashback scenes. Um, oh yeah, and I just thought it was yeah, I just thought it was it was good. I liked it. Yeah, I liked mm. him in it. Um, okay. I do want to talk about Nicholas Holt? In the oh banker. yeah, yeah. Do tell. So the bag, the banker is actually has Samuel Jackson and Anthony Mackie, and it's them setting up banks in I think it was Texas in was it the sixties or whatever. So uh, they 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 couldn't really do business because they're two black men in, in the south. But okay. so what they did was they got this white guy Nicholas Holt to be their face. And they'd like prep him and stuff, like you know, give him all the business jargon that he needed to know oh. to sell it. And apparently, it's a true story as well. So, oh wow, yeah, yeah. oh, it's um, uh, the Falcon, is it? Yeah, yeah, Anthony Mackie, yeah, Anthony Mackie, oh yeah, yeah. And Nicholas Holt, I thought he did a really good job in that movie, like of of being that guy. But yeah, that's like my. I mind. quite like Nicholas Holt. I know Paul didn't like him as Beast in the X Men franchise, I but I actually quite ten- like. No. He's a terrible, terrible casting. Is I don't know that that's the most random. It wasn't casting. odd choice. Yeah. Of course, he's, after he's... such good when Kelsey Grammer was such brilliant casting yeah, previously. Yeah. Mm. He like you kind of, like Nicholas Holt has managed to build a nice career for himself where he is recognizable, has a nice he, he can he can get movies. He was in Warm Bodies. He was in X Men. He was in Mad Max. He was in Mad Max, Fury Road. But he but he's not kind of so overly famous. Oh, he was in the favorite as well, wasn't he? Yes. He he was, yeah. yeah. But he's not he's not kind of hyper, hyper, hyper famous. No. No, he he has a nice he's he's carved out a nice career for himself. uh, Was there anyone else on your nomination list that we haven't talked about, Ash? Uh, just the guy who played Sam Cook. Uh, Leslie Autumn Jr. I thought that his particular his role, oh, yeah. his performance particularly in that movie was really good. But he's not he's not my top one. But do watch the movie if you haven't seen it. And uh, Coleman Domingo and Connor, you mentioned or was it Paul or Connor? You mentioned the other guy in um, Michael Cox. Yeah, Black Bottom. Yeah, he was on my list. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, I didn't I didn't have any supporting actors from that. So oh, so okay, okay. Have a Duke and Outlights. Why do you think your actor? deserves the nomination above the other one. I think Ashwin's character had a a bigger part, but I felt the the, the monologue of Michael Potts and the the sort of history he gives about being a black uh, per, like well obviously being a black person in it, it's quite interesting because Chadwick Boseman's character is you know he, he he's very much arguing and, and shouting for his place in the world and he's going to change things and all this kind of stuff and this older character is saying don't get ahead of yourself this is this is the experience of the black man in America and you know all the black men have to come together and all black people have to come together and X Y and Z you know I I think that kind of generational divide. Is, is probably has carried on and it's probably still true today you know where, where older people say you know th- this is back in my day it was like this so you know don't don't get ahead of yourself i thought that monologue that he gave to chadwick boseman about uh black people having to come together and you know i, I can't exactly remember the words but i thought it was i thought it was very good i thought it was probably the most powerful monologue and uh, dialogue of the of the movie Cool. And that's 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 almost the same reason why I picked the other guy because he was the guy in the middle <laughs> trying to like 
kind of settle it down and like kind of deal with both worlds because he is in between. Yeah. Um, and then also kind of deal with everything else that was going on in the room and like the producer guy or whatever. I, I felt that just his presence in the room was kind of like if he wasn't there, things will get out of hand. It, it, it's, it's actually quite funny, isn't it? Because you had these three different generations. You had the young fellow who was, who was coming in all guns blazing and thinking he was the shit. You had the, the old guy who just wanted to, you know, play music and get paid and, you know, was yeah. more seasoned yeah. and sort yeah, of said, well, yeah. this is how the world is. And then you had this guy in the middle who was just like, I just need to earn a living to get, yeah. you know, shoes on my kids' feet. So would you just stop it and just play your you fucking instruments? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and you could kind of see, I suppose, that the guy, like the the actor that uh, the character that Ashwin's talking about, he probably was Chadwick Boseman, and he'll probably turn into Michael Cox. And at the moment, he's he's in that he's in that little <laughs> yeah. that sweet yeah. spot. <laughs> I have to say, like, there's a lot to be admired about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, but I, I just wish I liked it more. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, like, yeah. To be fair, I, I, it's not on my, say, top five best films. Well, it's not on my um, top twenty. But I have like five, four nominations in that. <laughs> yeah, it's a film like because obviously, like Viola Davis is incredible in it, Tazzy Boseman, and like all the honestly, all the performances. I also really liked, and I don't have her name down, but I really liked Ma Rainey's girlfriend character. She was great, that actress who played her. She was, yeah, really yeah. you mean the supporting <laughs> actress? Um, <laughs> yeah, she was, she was one of the supporting. Ooh, yeah. I, that I, <laughs> I would agree that she was one of the supporting. No, I know, I know. It was <laughs> I just, but I, I just found myself. Sitting watching it, going, this is very good acting, but not actually. I wasn't. There's other films like like Judas, for instance, we spoke about. I was I was in the world with them. I was so hooked on the story and and everything, and I didn't feel that with Marini's back. One of all. the one of the things that really because is it it is based on a stage play on stage production. So um, stage. One of the one of the things that really takes me out of a movie is when the language. And the, the, the dialogue is very stagey because on stagey, you're all bombastic, you're all over the top, you're giving these yeah. kind of analogies and, you know, big long speeches and meandering kind of flowery dialogue. Um, and on film, it's meant to be much more uh, realistic and conversational and, you know, two people talking to each other as they would in real life. And when I see that on film, it really, takes me out of the film and all i can think about that is this is, seems very stagey language i wonder yeah, if this is a play yeah. you know yeah. it, um, i'm not sure if you've seen the movie fences but that's what that is yes i've yeah. heard that yes yeah. doubt as well uh, is always I, uh, I think doubt was one of the first movie that i ever saw that i was like this seems like something you would see in a play and then you know we'll see the, I, I think the father translates much better because the father you can totally see why that's a play like one basically one location a couple of actors but for whatever reason i think maybe maybe it's just better written but that doesn't have that same oh this is that kind of slightly unnatural play language mm -hmm. that you often mm -hmm. do see i think it's more about um, how it was uh, produced like how it was like a uh, film like cin the cinematography of it it was very yeah, I mean, I don't it could know also cinematography be, and the father is is anything to. Sometimes, sometimes it can be the quality of the the acting though as well. Um, not to say mm -hmm. that I mean, but 
I thought Ma Rainey, so for example, Viola Davis's parts and her dialogue did not seem as that's that's fair. That's a very good point. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That's, yeah, um, and I don't, and you know, if you think about Anthony Hopkins and and, and Olivia Coleman, Olivia Coleman just has a natural way of just you know anything she says just natural. natural. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. Cool. Anyway. Is there any other nominees that anyone wanted to give some highlights to? No. I think Stanley Tucci deserves a nod if he was excellent. Uh, yeah, he was good. He was yeah. really good. Also, I just said Harrison Ford. I loved the Call of the Wild. A lot of the controversy was that the dog looks too cartoony, and I, and I get that. But Harrison Ford made me forget about how cartoony the dog was. So you just have a crush on Harrison Ford. I do, and he's he's even though he's in his eighties, he's still quite sexy in this film. But that's not why I'm nominating. He's really good. He it's a it's a really Caldwell's really it's a really really good film. I would recommend it. Cool. Winners, winners. Uh, wasn't even a question for me. Daniel Kaluuya, absolutely. I would hundred percent agree, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. Okay. Well, because I had Lakeith Stanfield in that that's uh, in that slot. Um, I didn't give it to him. Um, I actually went, <laughs> well, oh, dish poor Lakeith. <laughs> because he was there, obviously, I didn't give a it or kick him out when he's dead. Uh, I didn't think he was, he wasn't at Daniel Kalu's level. I didn't he think was. he was, no, he's, he's not quite as dynamic. Yeah. As Daniel, uh, I actually gave it to Paul Wesley. Okay, in Santa Metal. Who? Yeah. Um, it from oh, uh, oh, we didn't talk about him. We didn't talk about yeah. him. Do you want to get him some? Yeah, go on. Why did you pick them? Uh, well, I thought that again. I thought he was incredibly natural. Um, I thought. I think he is deaf, isn't he? I don't think he is. Or is he deaf? Well, I thought I, I definitely some of the people in that were, or maybe all the people were deaf. I don't know if Paul Rusty is, but. If he's not, I think it was even more impressive because he um, he obviously learned the sign language and he was able to incorporate that into into his acting. Mm -hmm. I thought he was he played the particularly when the guy goes off to get his surgery and comes back. I thought that scene between them was excellent, and you could see in his face the disappointment, but the understanding, but the you know, he he asks the uh, the uh, he asks him for money, and he's like, you know, you sound like an addict to me. I just thought it was a wonderful scene, and I, I just thought he was he was excellent, um, explaining how they operate. You know, to 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 the end when he says, "I'm sorry that you you, you have to leave now because this is this is the place that I've built, and you no longer fit into this into my that idea of it, what this is." I there was something vaguely uncomfortable about all that. Yeah. vaguely cult-like and controlling and and i get yeah. that i get that having that implant i i honestly i'm a little i feel a little unqualified to really have a qualified opinion on these things mm -hmm. so but my 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 the general essence i got was kind of my my gut feeling and i could be totally wrong and i'd love someone to tell me if this is totally bullshit but my gut feeling was that because he had the privilege of being able to actually pay for the implant and a lot of people don't. They were kind of slightly well. You're not. You can't play with us anymore because you're not one of our. And I kind of was like, well, surely we can have room for all potential outcomes here. Like, 
he was yeah, a musician. I mean, it would be very unfair to to be like, oh no, because you want to continue your profession that you've mm-hmm. you worked your whole life for, you can't, you know, you're being prejudiced against us, the deaf community. I, I, I wasn't, yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I think, I, yeah, go ahead. No, it seems like that was the main actor's um, perspe- per- perspective of it as well. Like, he's kind of like, why can't I try to get away from this? And that, yeah. was, that was the purpose of the movie, really. That was the story of the movie, where Paul Rashi's character, he, um, it's almost as like he, he felt he knew better, and like, whether that was the case or not is, mm. we don't know, but like, it was more I like... Th- that's what I, he was trying to get at. Like I felt the film judged him a bit for having the implant, and I felt the film kind of he didn't get when he had the implant. He didn't kind of his life didn't go back to the way it was before, and I almost Ooh. felt that was the film's way of saying, "See, you shouldn't have got it." <laughs> and yeah. I, I didn't know how comfortable I was with that. I'm kind of I'm in between because I can I can understand both what you're saying, but I can also understand that. You know, for some of the people in this community that 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 has been that that he's been that he's built, perhaps implants aren't an option. Oh, yeah, and, um, yes. and perhaps you know these people will always be deaf and have to live with that. And you know, it is a community to accommodate and to support those people. The the, the, the I can't remember the. The guy's name, but the, the drummer fella, he was he was deaf, I guess, for a relatively short period of time and, and made the decision to hear again, even though it was to a limited capacity, but you know, to, to continue his life. And that's fine, but that's not the necessarily the the message and the uh the point of that community, I guess. Yeah, I think and I was trying to I was trying to equate it to and maybe maybe the maybe this is this is conflating two totally different issues, but I was I was trying to think well maybe you know for example if you had LGBTQ plus communities and groups and there was a pill you could take that would make you more acceptable to society, you know would would uh, that that you could take and then you know have a have uh, relatively whatever normal is but normal life and, and and go on would you still be part of that group and would you still be experiencing the same challenges that yeah people, I, I think that, that people that's, of that yeah. community experience uh, i think i think though like like I, I i see where you're coming from and i absolutely can yeah i can appreciate that but at the same time it's kind of a slightly false equivalency because like that, that, that'd be the equivalent of like if someone was in love with their wife and, and you know, had a family and stuff and then suddenly one day, shit, I start, <laughs> I fancy like, I fancy boys. I want cock. Yeah, like, well, you know, okay. And then they start to kind of embrace potentially being LGB, but like at the same time, that means they cannot you know, continue being married to their wife and you I know, think it might be a you can't really compare them. Though. No, I don't oh, think that, they're I think I know that's what I said. Well, I am conflating two issues. But I think the point yeah. is though that you're I know what you mean though. I know you're, you you're part of a community with a particular experience of life. And if somebody, you know, in, in the case of the, the, the hearing chooses not to be a part of that, then that's fine. He, yeah, but, I think he's trying know, to get them like the Paul Vice's character is trying to get them to a, a, accept the new reality that he's in. Like yeah, he's yeah. To, it's like 
look, this is the way it is, and look, let's do just do it this way yeah. because at least you know you have this. <laughs> yeah, and his community is all about people who possibly will never hear, um, and 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 learning to live as though hearing. You know, they, he says, "I don't. We don't see it as a disability." You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was. I mean, the fact that we're having this such a big conversation about it just shows what a great film it was. What an impact! Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was a really good film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hint to later um, on my on my list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, I think that's everyone then that we. I, yeah. I nominated Mark Rylance and Charlie the Chicago Seven. I thought he was great in it, but I've nothing else to say about the. Uh, apart from make sure you great. make sure you take these down so you can hashtag them and 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 you know tweet them so we'll get lots of retweets. This is our. This is our gig pod. We're going to get these people are going to like us, and then we're this going to get all their gonna, followers. Yeah. And yeah, the, ones that, the ones that didn't make it, be like hashtag next time. <laughs> exactly. Hashtag exactly. I want to scream. Yeah. Okay, so our winners for best supporting actor are Daniel Kaluuya twice, or do this and the Black Messiah, <laughs> and uh, oh, what's Paul Rossi for Sound of Metal. Yay! Keep up the good work, boys. So I think it's time for the the big best actor. actor. Uh, do you want to do actor or actress first? Uh, actress, I guess. Okay. Well, do you, oh, will I start? Do you want to introduce me? The nominations are. Okay, so I'm going to do my obvious ones first. I have two obvious ones and three maybe less obvious ones. Okay, first, Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman. Okay. And Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. Okay, and here are my three slightly more left-field ones. Uh, Betty Gilpin in The Hunt. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Rachel McAdams in Eurovision, The Story of Fireside. Oh, also interesting. And Millie Bobby Brown in Enola Holmes. Okay. Okay. I have at least three of those. Mm-hmm. So my nominations were Elizabeth Moss in Invisible Man. Silence Tumbleweed. <laughs> no, no. She was literally in I was, she I'd say she was in my top seven. Right, she was <laughs> so close to getting in. There was one other actress, I think. Oh, who seven. Was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I mean to say, she was she was in my shortlist. Absolutely, she was amazing. Yeah, yeah great. Yeah, great. Uh, I had Betty Gilpin in The Hunt. Excellent. Oh, yeah. So I'm so excited to talk about that. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown in All the Homes. Ah, oh my god, I thought that was okay. Cool. Uh, hated the movie. Loved her. Not hated the movie, but didn't. hated the movie. Not hated. Sorry, but didn't That's really strong. like it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Riley Keough in The Lodge. What? What? Riley Keough in The Lodge. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yifei Lu in Mulan. Right. I think I, I, think I, made, I had six, actually, in this group. See, you don't have any Oscar nominees. Interesting. And then I had Carrie Mulligan in oh, okay. A Promising <laughs> All. All right, okay. Cool, okay. That, some real... But I thought I was left field. You had some great. Okay. And Ashwin? I have Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman. Yeah. Julia Garner in The Assistant. Okay. You'll have to educate us there. I don't know. Uh, Karen Mulligan in Promising Young Moon. Uh huh. 
Rosamund Pike in I Care A Lot. Uh-huh. And Viola Davis in Marini's Black Box. Okay. Beating. I had Beating. a few uh, <laughs> other short list people, but it doesn't matter. I'm just going to stick with five. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's talk about our, the ones we overlap first. Do we, we all have Carrie Mulligan, do we? We do. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, she was amazing she was i i have never been a fan of her before i've never enjoyed her on screen for whatever reason she just has never clicked with me but i loved her in this i loved her in this i thought she was very good i thought um it was a difficult role to play it was a very pleasant role to play uh i thought she I, I, yeah i thought she did it very well i didn't kind of I kind of like it was meant to be difficult to watch with the whole getting drunk and then going, oh, what do you do? What do you do here? What do you do? You put your hands on me? What do you do? And it was uncomfortable. And I don't know. <laughs> what? I didn't hear you there. It was. I thought she was very good in the part. I thought there was parts of it which were very distressing and emotional, but I didn't really, I didn't really click with the part that that much. Oh. I Gosh, felt that she didn't play herself. Well, not herself. She never plays herself. I've seen her in movies. I think she's actually quite good. But uh, in this role in particular, she didn't remind me of those other roles. Like, I it was, totally it was almost like, know what it was you almost mean. Like, yeah, it was almost like, you know, this is Karen Mulligan. It doesn't even remind me of her it, it in any way She whatsoever. didn't even look like herself. Yeah, yeah. It was it, Even the, her voice, she had this kind of husky American accent that I've never heard. And she's played Americans before. Yeah. And I thought, like, yeah. oh, oh, maybe it's just because it's been a while since I've seen her, because right? it maybe has been a few years. But there was another movie she's been in this year called The Dig, which I, it's number 40 on my list. But, like, that's a more kind of, oh, yeah, that's... That's Karen a more Morgan. Carrie Mulligan yeah. role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, but, yeah, it was like... So hmm. This this role was initially... Uh, this this film was produced by Margot Robbie, and I, I think she might have potentially been in the, in the mix to play it. And... I am so glad they went with Carrie Mulligan. I just, if I, seeing, I, I actually like Margot Robbie. I think she's been great in, in some films. But I just know, I know when I think of Margot Robbie in this film, I know exactly the, the way she'd play it. And mm -hmm. I think Carrie Mulligan did a much more kind of interesting, uncomfortable performance. And she she's probably a bit more everyday, a bit more yeah. kind of a, an everyday Almost girl. more than, subtle or whatever. Yes, yes. Uh, I loved her in this. I loved her. Mm. I think two of us had Vanessa Kirby. Yeah, I had her as well. You didn't have her, Connor. I'm surprised. Uh, what was she? She was Pieces of a Woman. Oh, Pieces of... Yeah. Again, I didn't really enjoy that film. I kind of... Again, I enjoyed the first... I thought the first scene, the, the birthing scene was excellent. And then after that, I remember getting a bit bored. And, you know, there were some nice scenes and there was some... I liked the dialogue between herself and Ella, uh, Alan Bernstein. I thought that was good. But, yeah, I didn't really... I didn't really enjoy the film. And if I didn't enjoy the film, I'm probably not going to... Nominate someone. Nominate <laughs> yeah. someone. I, I, can, I, can, I think that's why I... Yeah, I can understand that. I, I just thought... I thought she had to do an awful lot. Like, the whole... The, the first half an hour is just... Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. I, I mean, I like, she is definitely the best part of it, so. Definitely. Yeah, I mostly enjoyed the film because her role in it. She uh, and the, like, and then I loved her scene. Again, without spoiling anything, there's a scene of her on, on in, a, in a courtroom at the end. I thought she played that so well. She played it empathetic. She played it like it wasn't 
totally over the top. She reminds me a lot, a lot of Natalie Dormer. But I actually think she's a better actor than Natalie Dormer. Do you know Natalie Dormer was, um, she was uh, in Game, in of, Game Thrones. of Thrones. She played yeah, um, yeah. Marjorie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm just really excited to see Ithanessa Kirby. I would love to see her play Emma Frost in future X-Men. I think she has that kind of cool confidence down, I think, yeah. There was one scene of that film which I, I got kind of distracted by because they were improvising, which... Uh, was terrible improvising and it kind of took me out of the movie it had been quite I, I felt it had kind of dragged up to that point and then this in, bad improvising is just the worst and yeah it just kind of ruined it for me now after that there was the great scene for example in Ella Bernstein which you know person but yeah just kind of ruined it for me and so when I was thinking about her I did consider her but I, I just kind of felt you know I can't, I can't do it. Um, okay, Con, you and I both voted Betty Gilpin in The Hunt. I loved Betty Gilpin. I, oh my I feel like gosh, I need to watch this so movie. Oh, it's an awesome this movie! Was, this was such a nice surprise. This was yeah. such a, a Wednesday night. Oh, Con, there's this film, The Hunt. Uh, it's a new film. I've kind of heard mixed reviews. Do you want to watch it? Yeah, sure. Okay. What's it, it about there, Paul? Oh, I oh people get know. kidnapped or something. Like kind of a, yeah. Kind of I, horror, but not really. But yeah. I loved it. It was such a nice treat. And I, you don't know who the main character is for ages. They, mm. And I, I, don't, I won't go into that because it's kind of spoilery, but... And then suddenly Betty Gilpin... They kind of do, they kind of do. Oh, it must be them. Oh, it must be them. Oh, yeah, them. yeah. And then eventually we land on Betty Gilpin. Oh, wait. I have seen this movie. Was that this year? Yes. 2020. Yeah, 2020. Hold on. No, keep talking about it because I can't remember if I have seen this. It basically, it's, it's kind of like Battle Royale. Like, it's yeah, 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 like yeah, 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 yeah. And it's yeah. kind of like some people start dying. You're like, that's unexpected. It's, de- it's, it's like Democrats uh, decide to grant up Republicans or something. Yeah, basically. Film. basically, she, It would have been so easy for her to have been posing the whole film along, mm. to have been extra cool. She was just this, she she claims she was like so we're a vet, a, a vet from, she had served time in Afghanistan, so she was really competent. And she just kind of eased her way through the film. And she was yeah, a, vet, really a veteran, cool. not a vet. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, you know, bad, bad. Um, and uh, she's also, I'd love to see Betty Gilpin in a, a MCU role. I think she's great. She was in mm. The Grudge and she was, she was good in a really not a great film, but I want to see her. I, I think she's a star and I want to see her more. Mm. Yeah, yeah. actually, now that I think of it, I, I completely forgot about this movie. I didn't realize it was this year. Hilary Swank was in this film, and she was on my shortlist for Best Supporting. She was I thought there. she did a really... And she was in it like relatively short period of time. Yeah, she yeah. really impactful yeah. in it, and I actually considered her as well. Yeah, she was great. I don't... I'm not, and again, Hilary Swank's not an actor I'm a, massively invested in, but she was mm. fantastic in this. Yeah. I bet he got and played the kick-ass kind of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one really well. She, so well, yeah. so well, so cool and collected, and yeah, yeah, and and kind of like you kind of at certain points you feel oh they've got her now, but nope. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm not sure if you guys seen Glow, but after watching her and that, it's like oh, watch your name thing. You're like like you got a, a lot to, a lot to yeah, yeah. She's a star. I actually haven't seen Glow, but I would watch Glow based on how much I'm I'm a big fan of her. I actually I would have I'm not a big fan of. um 
Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. And when I, about halfway what? through this film, I was like, oh my God, imagine Betty Gilpin as Captain Marvel. And I got all excited about this, what if? Well, I think Ashwin takes umbrage. I'm, I'm all about sarcastic Brie Larson as, as Captain Marvel. You like Brie Larson, yeah? I do, I do. Yeah, she's a bit meh. As, as Captain Marvel. Uh, we both had Millie Bobby, Bobby, Bobby yeah. Brown for Enola Holmes. Yeah, Billy Bobby Brown's a star. She is. She's amazing. To be that young and carry such a big movie where not only are you acting against, you know, big stars like any Pebble, but also you are talking to the camera and kind of narrating mm, your own yeah. story. It's yeah. just incredible. The confidence and the, 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 the charisma that she has is incredible. And not once did she remind me of Eleven in Strange No, Games. totally not different. Yeah. Once. I, yes. To be honest, I'm not sure why I didn't nominate her. Um, I have I have Enola Holmes ranked 15, 14th of all my, of the movies the last year. It's I really, really like that movie. It's really good. I'm surprised I, I, I didn't I, like it. I think most of it was because of her, her performance in it, honestly. And I just... Yeah, I mean, if you don't like, if you didn't like her performance, you couldn't like the film. She's on, I wouldn't say there's two or three frames in the film that she's on screen constantly. Yeah. That very intensive gig for, well, I mean, how old is she? Is she, is she even 18? She's 16, I think. 16? Fuck off. Certainly when she, when she made this film, she was 16, yeah. Christ. Yeah. yeah she's um, fantastic. I just, I, the, the movie, I feel it's a bit forgettable, to be honest. I, I, I don't really, I don't really remember all that much about the story. Or oh, the plot. I liked it a lot. I thought it was great. Yeah. So that's why I said I didn't like it. I, don't, I didn't hate it. I, I actually quite liked it at the time, as far as I remember. But I don't. It just hasn't I, stuck with you. It hasn't stuck with me. Yeah. Um, uh, the, my, my, the only other nominee I haven't spoke about is Rachel McAdams in Eurovision. And first of all, Eurovision, I really liked. I thought it was such a good comedy. And Rachel McAdams, this is something that kind of irritates me a bit with Oscars is that they never really take comedy. They never consider comedy roles seriously. And yeah. And Rachel McAdams is, I feel she's a really underrated comedy actress in Eurovision. Will Ferrell is, he's he's fine in it, but he's kind of one note. He's kind of playing the bumbling idiot constantly. But Rachel McAdams is charming. She is funny. She is stupid. She is smart, she, and, smart and competent. She lip syncs. That's not her singing. She lip syncs, which I think is an underrated skill. She lip syncs so well throughout the whole film. I think this is Rachel McAdams' best, best film. I don't <laughs> say think that. So. But this isn't an insult. I think this is great. I, I think what she's doing. I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's your film, to be honest, Ash, but I I loved this film, and I the reason I loved this film is because Rachel McAdams is so good. I, I, and also, Dan... Uh, oh, what's his name? Dan... Not Dan. Uh, the guy who uh, he was in Downton Abbey. Oh, Dan, what's his second name? Stevens. He was in my... Dan Stevens. He was in my shortlist for Best Supporting Actor because he, he is amazing in it too. Ray, uh, Rachel McAdams and Dan Stevens are I the, really like Rachel McAdams as an actress. <laughs> she's brilliant. She's so I good. Seen, I haven't seen this movie. I kind of feel... There was Anchorman, and then there was all the rest of it. And he kind of got old a bit quick. And I feel this was a Will Ferrell movie that actually 
yeah, it, it was it was it was really fun and it was really interesting yeah. and it was kind of exciting. Um, yeah, and he had the grace to step back and like let other yeah. actors shine, like because yeah. because Rachel McAdams is a better is is better is a better actor than he is, as is Dan mm. Stevens. But I never felt that yeah, he he is the co lead, but I never felt he was insisting on being the front and center the whole time. Mm. Um, it was great. It's just a really fun comedy musical. The only, my only bugbear with this film, and it is, it, it did irritate me at the time, is that there's this amazing montage in the middle where they get loads of past Eurovision winners to sing, and they got all the yeah, on set, yeah. and they sing pop songs. They don't sing Eurovision songs. They sing, yeah. they sing just regular, like they sing one ABBA song. Um, Waterloo, but the, the rest they sing like sure, I think, and they sing other pop songs, and it's like, no, you should be singing like all the great Eurovision, all songs. the great Eurovision songs. Like, come on, you you got the stars, get them to sing your anyway. Between whatever, that's not, not Rachel McAdams' fault. So I'd like to talk about Elizabeth Moss in um, Oh yeah, Invisible Man, Invisible and for Man. the same reason that for Millie Bobby, Millie Bobby Brown carrying the movie, Elizabeth Moss had to act opposite nothing nothing <laughs> yes yeah. and she did she did it so well she really got the audience to believe i felt uh, that she was in, in certain parts that she was paranoid and then you believed her and then you kind of didn't believe her and was it actually happening happening or was it all in her head uh, and of course, the film is called The Invisible Man, so yeah, it's a bit of Or is it in her head? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then kind of dating herself in parts. You know, yes. she, was, she was dating herself. And, uh, am I actually making this up? Yeah, I thought she, was, she did it excellently. Yeah, she's so good. She's, that's, such a, that's such a good film. It's the best thriller of the last year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're not no, okay. No, you're I, not I, I like the movie definitely. Um, and no, I'm not sold on Elizabeth Moss. I probably say you're not sold on um, Anne Hathaway or wasn't. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, I don't know. Is uh, there anyone else you you want to talk about? Ash on I, your list? Yeah, um, Julia Garner in uh, The Assistant. Okay, so uh, this one I have not even heard of. Actually, you're gonna have to. So it's it's basically a day in the life of this assistant for movie producers, but like she's so far down on like people's radar and in the business, and she's just trying to like make her way. But it's is just, it like... French? No, no, no. It's oh, no. Um, she. I would just like to note that this uh, that on IMDb it says 2019. This one. Right, Some of these films were made in 2019. But it actually uh, it says uh, released in the UK on the 31st of January 2020. So you're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I'm not sure if you've seen. Um, oh, I recognize uh, Ozark. Uh, Ozark. Yeah. All right. Uh, she was in Sin City as well. Was she? Okay. It was basically just following her her character throughout the whole thing, and it was pretty good performance from her i i liked her nose arc as well but it was just like this kind of yeah it's like man well done <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I, I put her ahead like in my list i put her ahead of karen mulligan for, okay uh, wise so i just, Can I just well, say on IMDb, watch it. you might like it. it it was basically just like yo here's a snapshot of this person's life right okay yeah all right so let's say our winners so are we anyone else that we want to talk about before we can i just winners? say riley kyo in uh oh yes yeah i like riley kill a lot and she's she's very very good in this bit like (laughs) to go from 
a person who is not to playing a very sane person to descending back into somebody who is not. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, she, yeah. she was great in Devil all the time as well. She was um, in that. She had a, a significant role in that as well. And she was. Um, I have Rosemary Pike, but I don't really need to talk about it. Really, I think she was very good in the movie. I care a lot. That's all I have to say about. It. I could go on, but I think we talked about. Okay. And so, just my last one was Yifel Lu in uh, Mulan that I actually really enjoyed. I'd never seen, I don't think I'd ever seen the original cartoon Mulan, uh, but I really enjoyed this the live action. We should watch that this week, Con. I think you'd really like it. Yeah. Is that Colors uh, of the Wind? Is that that, that song? No, that's Pocahontas. Oh, that's Pocahontas. Um, Reflection What's... is the Pocahontas, uh, the Mulan song. Right. Okay. okay. Connor, who's your winner? And the screamy goes to Betty Gopal. Yeah, Betty Gopal. Uh, that's such an exciting win. My win is more standard, uh, I, but I think she's incredible. It is Kerry Mulligan. I thought she was so good in that film. My winner is Vanessa Kirby. So Betty, Kerry, and Vanessa. You're getting a awesome. tweet. <laughs> yes. I don't want to give it to Juliet. Mm. I'm really excited yeah. that you voted Betty Gopin, Connor. I think that's a really exciting. Yeah. It was between her, well, it was between a few. It was between her and Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss was very close on mine as well. I just, the reason I didn't nominate her is that I feel the stuff she does in that isn't a million miles away from what I've seen her do in Handmaid's Tale, um, which is why. Like, she's very she's she's good at playing trauma. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other actresses of mine were kind of more. I thought they were just slightly more exciting yeah. performances, but I still loved her. Oh my god! 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 I think that's it. Francis McDormand. It's so nice to see you. We are huge fans of yours. Okay. So I'm hyperventilating a little bit. If I fall over, pick me up because I've got some things to say. God, she's going to be a pain in the ass. Welcome to Silver Screamers! So where are you girls from? Okay, bit rude, but fine. Um, Ash is from Dublin. Uh, my partner and I are living in Meath at the moment. You were having sex with a little fella then? No, no, that's Ash. I'm Connor. So, Francis McDormand, we absolutely liked Nomadland. And do you mind me asking... How did you find actually working with real-life nomads? We are a bunch of hooligans and anarchists, but we do clean up nice. <laughs> Speak for yourself, love. What was your first reaction when they offered you this part? What did you say? I didn't ask for this role, but I'll play it. So, Francis, you have been nominated for a number of Oscars in recent years. What inspires you to take these amazing roles? What's the main driver behind these decisions? A little bit of money. Oh, okay, fair enough. You do realise now we can't pay for this particular gig. There's more to life than a little money, you know. But but you just said... Oh, it doesn't matter. Now, we are massive fans of yours. Mega, super, massive, just huge fans. The best. We just think you're great. Your charm doesn't work on me. I'm on to you. No, you're right. Um, you didn't actually win the Screamy this year. Or get nominated. Um, but to be fair, Francis, there was just so many... Brilliant performances this year. It does not diminish your reputation at all. Just not your year. Diminished brain cells that you throw away like confetti. Am I speaking to you clearly? Whoa, 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 Francis. There's no need for that. You will meet the voice at the other end of this telephone and it will not be pretty. Well, we're hanging up now. Wow. The best actor. Connor, do you want to introduce? 
uh, the nominations are. Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah, because I put him in as as a lead actor. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Hopkins in The Father. Mm-hmm. I had Tim Parsons in The Boys in the Band. Do you mean Jim Parsons? Jim Parsons, sorry. Uh, in The Boys in the Band. Then I had Tom Holland in The Devil All the Time. And finally, Sope Derisu in His House. Oh, yes. Okay, interesting. Okay. Mm. Uh, okay, I had uh, Chazuk Bozeman in My Rainey's Black Bottom. Anthony Hopkins in The Father. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield in Judas and the Black Messiah. Colin Firth in Supernova. And Connor, I had Jim Parsons in Boys in the Band. Oh. Yes, I, and I'm really excited to talk about that. Okay. I, I have uh, Chadwick Boseman in Matt Rainey's Black Bottom. I have Tahar, Tahar Rahim in that Mauritanian. And okay. Tom Holland in Cherry. Oh, oh. Okay. Uh, Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal. And Mads Mikkelsen in Another Round. Oh, okay, okay. Well, quite a variation there. I've heard Cherry, um, I've heard mixed reviews about it. I've heard it's terrible. I enjoyed it. Okay. I, the main thing I enjoyed about it was Tom Holland's performance in it. I love Tom Holland, I have to say. I just, so, I just think he's so charismatic and he's, so, he's such an exciting... Since uh, we're talking about him, let me... I, I like what he's doing. Because so... There's other movies I didn't watch of his. You mentioned one, Devil of All Time, all the time. And then there's another one called Chaos Walking. And I like how he's not pigeonholing himself in as I'm the yeah. And he's already getting into other roles, unlike what, say, Robert Patterson had to kind of yeah. combat against. And same with um, Daniel Radcliffe, where they had to kind of like, we're being pigeonholed as this kind of. Yeah. and like well, in, in Cherry, he he's unrecognizable as Spider Man, like as as Peter Parker. Like he's very, he's a very versatile actor, and he's kind of proven that already. Um, I think his performance in um, The Devil All the Time, like I thought he was good in it. I, I didn't necessarily think he was doing anything majorly out of the box. I, I okay, I can understand that, but I, I also feel that it was a very strong performance. I thought he did it really well. I thought he like his, his accent was amazing. I thought, you know, when he found out that Robert Pat, what Robert Pattinson was doing, he that scene was excellent. The scene with himself and uh, Dudley Dursley, I, think, I don't know what is the accent. Yeah, is. yeah, he's in, very in good car. too. Actually, yeah. yeah, he is very good. He pops up and you kind of don't recognize him. You go, oh, that's Dudley oh, Dursley. He's gotten all skinny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just think it was a very strong performance. I'm looking up Chaos Walking. Also, looks good. I know what you're saying. I, I think that maybe the difference between Tom Holland, Robert, and Robert Pattinson and Daniel Radcliffe. Tom Holland came from theatre. He was yeah, um, yeah, yeah. he was uh, Billy Elliot, whereas the other guys, Daniel Radcliffe and I think Robert Pattinson, uh, started in movies, and then maybe they felt the need to sort of yeah, you know, it was. I, He's yeah, to break away from a, a mold or whatever. Yeah, I I think Tom Holland is probably the most natural of those three actors, uh, Daniel and Robert. 
but I think Robert Patterson is. I actually think he's more range than that I've seen. Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I think over he's Tom most, Holland. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. think so. No, 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 no. It might be unfair to compare them, really, because they're again, as you said, they came from different backgrounds, and it's not really the same thing. But Tom Holland's a lot younger than Robert Patterson as well, so I think well, he's now. Yeah, yeah, he has he has more roles in his future. I've, oh, Daisy Ridley is in that Chaos Walking. Oh, I, oh, Connor oh, and I. God, she got some work. <laughs> Connor and I love Daisy Ridley. We think she's a star. We think she's such a good actress, and we are a little bit annoyed. We're little, uh, Connor. We're annoyed, aren't we? We're annoyed. We watched uh, Graham Norton, and she was on Graham Norton, and she is the most pleasant, fun-loving person. Absolutely gorgeous, and she's a great did. actress. And. Great in Star Wars, and She's the she best was like, thing "Nobody's hiring me. Well, Nobody is hiring me." Because Adam Driver is great as well. Now I've been pigeonholed as this Ray one in Star Wars, and nobody's fucking. I'm available to work. Anybody who wants to hire me, She's I tell them, "Like what?" Yeah, like Adam Driver. Okay, Adam Driver is great as well. I love Adam Driver, but he has gotten a fantastic bump from Star Wars. He's in loads of really, really fantastic stuff now, and Daisy Ridley is doing fucking Bake Off. Daisy Ridley, <laughs> like, no, no, don't get me wrong. I actually love Bake Off, and I'm really happy to see people like Daisy Ridley on it. Insofar as it is entertainment for me to see someone as cool as Daisy Ridley on it, but Daisy Ridley is better than Bake Off. Daisy Ridley should be doing. If somebody, if somebody has an awesome career and decides to do Bake Off, then fair enough. If somebody should have an awesome career and has to do Bake Off, then you're like, come the fudge on. Yeah, like if you look at her, I, uh, I. Um, DB DB yeah I'll, I'll edit out the gaps uh, if you look at that a lot of what her stuff is is voiceovers for Star Wars video games and it's mm. like not, like Daisy Ridley is better than that Daisy Ridley should be so anyway sorry I'm really excited that she's in a new film and I wish I hope that you in 2022 when we're doing our screamies next year I hope we're nominating Daisy Ridley because she's yeah. fantastic and I love her Daisy Ridley, I'm going to be nominated her in Chaos Walking. I don't care what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> she's so she's so charismatic. Why isn't she getting roles? I would say that is a question, Ashwin. Answer it. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry, well, I would say the same about John Boyega. Like both of those, both yeah, of those uh, yeah, actors in that yeah, movie, they're yeah. really good. And he's got a couple of things popping up here and there, though, right? It's not the same. It's not as, like again, if you compare it to Adam Driver. Like, yeah, Adam yeah, Driver is definitely the one. Who, like, yeah. Marriage suppose, Story was a a really good movie. Yeah, and I really liked um, what Blackland Blacklands one. Yeah, that was excellent. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. Daisy really good in uh, in Chaos Walking? I haven't seen it yet. That's the thing. It was on my oh, list. Okay. So that's the thing. I, I had top, top, three Tom Holland movies. Cherry is the only one I've seen, but I had the other two that I was like, I wanted to watch these before this, but didn't have time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, and um, uh, Mads Mikkelsen is in. Yeah, I, and I, Nick Jonas. Seriously, Nick, Nick Jonas. Wow, Nick Jonas. Is the hottest what, what Jonas. Is, what is it? What is this film? It really seems like that. spacey. Kind of, it's it's it. It seems kind of <laughs> Daisy Ridley. S- yeah. Space. <laughs> yeah. It says it says it it's classifies as action adventure and fantasy, but as I'm looking at this kind of trailer that's repeating on IMDb, there's there's like space and shit. So do you, do you know the way? Sorry, I don't mean to harp on Daisy Ridley, but I just I'm really really concerned about her career. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you know the way we were talking about 
how Robert Patterson and Danny Radcliffe, and then we were like, we think that Tom Holland is kind of starting this trajectory of doing these quirky roles. That's what I want to see Daisy Ridley doing. I want to see Daisy Ridley doing these fucking weird shit. She's a good enough actress. She's charismatic enough. I want her to do these weird quirky roles and these indie films where she's playing crazy South preachers and stuff. That's what I want to see Daisy Ridley doing. You should be doing Carrie Mulligan roles in Carrie Mulligan's early oh. career. The thing is, I think Carrie Mulligan's great, but I think Daisy Ridley's more charismatic, and I and I think she could be more. I don't think Carrie Mulligan ever, is ever going to be a star. I think Daisy Ridley has the potential to be a star. That's so mean. I'm not being mean. I love <laughs> Carrie Mulligan. I fucking gave her my screamy awards. Okay. But I, I, I just, I, I think Daisy, Daisy, I've forgotten her name, Daisy Mulligan. Ridley. <laughs> Ridley. Daisy Ridley. <laughs> anyway, anyway, sorry, I'll, I'll park it there. I've been talking about Daisy Can I just say right now that Tom Holland had the, would I say the best, the best actory scene in the Marvel franchise? And uh, it was where he, he was, was uh, dying. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that. He, he, and for a, a guy who was what twenty when that was shot, twenty one maybe. He was like twenty five, probably. I don't think so. I think he's only like twenty five. He, he, he literally had a line, and it breaks my heart every time. I and it. and you just watch it, and you're just like, oh no, breaks my heart. Cool. Okay, let, let's let's uh, get back. To- yeah, <laughs> we went on a tangent there. Yeah, he's um, he's, he's twenty five. Now, Ash, he'll be he'll be twenty five on the first of June. Wow, oh, God, he was okay. only about twenty twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Probably. All right, just going back to our nominees. Um, Ash, you and I both nominated Chaswick Boseman. Yeah. Okay, so watching that movie, and I know it's it's sad it's his last role, and and it kind of you mentioned briefly that it was like it's so hard to look at him in in a bit because he you could see how he's not feeling but seriously, his performance in that movie just shows how much how <laughs> how much he could have brought to stage like a film. Like he could have been one of the best <laughs> just after watching that role. It was just mm. ridiculous. So yeah, like I really felt in that movie he could really he 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 for I, we alluded to this earlier on where it's it's a very stagey kind of language, big monologues and big flurry language kind of thing, which I'm not necessarily a fan of. However, I will say that he he sold it excellently, and you know everything he did was 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 excellent in the movie. And it is very difficult to to watch him in that movie, knowing it's his last performance, and seeing how thin he is and how how ill he looks. But um, if I was in that state, and you know, I would I would be like, what? They want me to do a movie? What? No. <laughs> but yeah. you know, he, he, he just wasn't telling anyone about it. <laughs> That's the thing. Would he not have known at that point? Oh, he, oh, no, know. he knew, but he was. Well, no, I know he knew, but but. He, he knew oh. during um, Black, Panther. Black Panther. I don't know what stage he kind of revealed. Yeah, I, I don't like. My Rainey doesn't strike me as a film that had a terribly long, you know, shooting schedule. Paul, you wanted to talk about uh, Jim Parsons. Yeah, Jim Parsons was someone who I really, I only knew him from Big Bang Theory, and then I saw him in this, and it's not like he's doing something completely different. I felt like he was just doing a more human character and i thought he in throughout the course of the film he would that film again similar to uh, ma rainey it has a kind Ooh. of a play like 
it starts it off is a play. Like, this is this is yeah. it is a play yeah and actually the same the cast that are in the film are actually all straight off broadway so it's even got theater actors but yeah jim parsons he's playing this this gay archetype that you don't see very often uh mm-hmm. you know this kind of not super camp not super pin-up-y kind of twinkie or daddy just this kind of normal kind of yeah who who is very ashamed about his sexuality and kind of puts on this act for and i just thought he performed that in a very empathetic way whilst being pretty nasty throughout the film yeah asher do you know this film the boys no i haven't seen it no it's do you know the premise of it no, no. So it's a it's basically a a, a guy who uh, is having a birthday party for a friend of his, a, a former lover of his, and uh, he's gay, and all his kind of close friends are gay, and they're all coming over, and they're all big sort of gay party, a big gay party in nineteen sixties. You've got this very camp. Latino twinkie fella, uh, you've got um, Jim Parsons, who's a a sort of refined, thinks he's more intelligent than the other people in the room, but lives a life outside of his flat as a straight person, but is really a big queen, and uh, various kind of gay uh, character tropes that that all kind of come over. There happens to be a gay party. Meanwhile, there's another person that he knew in college uh who has come to the city and has called him and is going to come over and he thinks that this guy is actually gay and he he, he has this kind of trauma in, in his in his history and he's trying to convince this guy that comes over that he's also gay because of something that he was told and uh, sort of devises this big elaborate kind of challenge to people all for the purpose of uh releasing his own sort of shame and, and sort of getting one up on this guy it's quite an, it's 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 quite it's clever and it's, it's really well paced I, and and again jim parsons is the reason why it's so entertaining because yeah on, again he's on screen for pretty much the entire film he and he remains despite doing pretty despicable things like he's not he does racist things. He does homophobic mm. things. He does sexist things. Yeah, he 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 he's grounded in his humanity throughout the whole thing. He's so available. His vulnerability is so available that he he manages to make him his character likable despite doing pretty nasty things. I I loved it. I loved the performance. Yeah, it was an excellent, excellent performance. And I I think uh, this is an example of a production for stage translated into screen which retains the language of the stage production but which is acted so well mm. that that almost seems irrelevant i mean there's there's still hints of it but 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 you forget about it because it's, it's acted so well yeah the whole the whole the whole uh, scene in the in you know, when it starts raining, they all go inside, and then this whole game about calling an ex-lover and 
X, Y, Z. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that, that's very old. All that is very staged. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Jim, I mean, Jim Park, he's so, he, what most people would know him for is Sheldon in The Big Bang Theory, yeah. who, who is by far the, he's definitely the star of that show. But it's, it's, it's very one note. So when I when I when I kind of saw that he was playing this character, I was kind of like throw my eyes up to heaven. Oh, okay, come on, let's let's see this this actor who is very much a typecast playing this role. And okay, he's playing gay now, which I guess Sheldon isn't. But I didn't ex- I didn't expect it to be nearly as so he he surprised me. And I I just yeah I've not, I'm now a fan. I'd be kind of curious to see him in more stuff. To be honest, like the only other thing I've seen him in was uh, he was he had a role in Hidden Figures. Yeah, like, it was completely different from his role that people know him from as like Sheldon. But you know, I'd be, I don't, yeah, I saw, I remember him in that, but I don't remember going away from it being like, oh, yeah, wow. no, I wasn't like, was that, oh, here, here's his great role. Yeah, <laughs> was was that Hidden Colors? Ah, Hidden. No, <laughs> <laughs> we actually... need to provide context for that, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> we went out. We went out. Uh, a couple of years ago at this stage, we were going to uh, the board gosh to see a play or something. And uh, my cousin was also going to see the same play on the same night. And I myself said, oh, well, sure, we'll, we'll go for dinner. How about we go for dinner beforehand? So we brought himself and his girlfriend at the time out for dinner. And um, we were talking about movies and this maybe came up. And he said, oh, what's that movie called? Um, oh, that you expensive. Hidden Colors. And we were like hidden figures, and he's like, "Oh dear, <laughs> what have I said?" Uh, I'll, I'll mention so so pay uh, Jerisu. I thought he did an excellent job in that uh, his house film, which was very creepy and very yeah, it was surreal. Good. Yeah. And I thought he did really really well. But the main other uh, actor in this category that I want to talk about is Anthony Hopkins uh, in Father. I thought he was. Phenomenal, and I it was thought it was so good. It was just so good. I thought it was on a par. I I felt I I've been I've been I've been looking at a few interviews with Anthony Hopkins uh, recently, and you know he, he's kind of said to himself, you know, I, I did Science of the Lambs and I got on very well, and I, I I've done some done some good movies since. I've also done some really shit movies since, and I felt his career had gone that way to a certain extent. He had done a lot of clunkers. And in this movie, I said, wow, this is Anthony Hopkins back to Silence of the Lambs excellence. You know, this this is what he does best. It was such a good movie. It was so well directed. It was so well thought out. It was so well acted. And it's one of them, probably the only movie in all the movies in, in this list of 40 odd that we have that I actually, I was getting upset and was crying. We were like we weren't just we were sobbing. <laughs> the the only other film experience that made me this upset this year was um, it's a sin. It's a sin, of course. It's a sin, of course, of course. So it's a sin, and the father were the only two properties that made me like like I, I'm not that hard to make like tear up, but like it's a sin, and the father made me weep. I actually think I actually think this the father actually gave anthony hopkins more 
more arranged. Like there's parts in this where he's arrogant. There's parts of this where he's frightened. There's parts of mm. it where he's like he's like a child and he's like he's so, violent. He's, he's, he's violent. He's like vulnerable. He's you know. This is a role that that he. he he did he it wasn't like just him slotting in because I, I i love anthony hopkins he's a great actor but like there's anthony hopkins roles and he's great in them but i'm like oh yes this is anthony hopkins doing what he does best i didn't necessarily think that and i expected this to be i i went into this knowing yes anthony hopkins will be fantastic he, this is going to be a, him stretching his you know flexing his muscles that we know he has mm. no this he was doing things i'd never seen him do before and uh, mm. he was so vulnerable this is the type of performance that I, I sometimes think, you know, the Hollywood elite, like, you know, your, your uh, Al Pacino, your Robert De Niro, your Sean Penn, that are, they're always like, oh, these are the best actors. Mm. I don't believe any of those actors will be able to perform such with such vulnerability as you see Anthony mm. Hopkins doing this film. Mm. Yeah. I, I particularly close to the end of the movie. Uh, oh, my in the God. Host, in the hospital. Oh, my God. It's, 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 it's tough. Though I I purposely didn't put him there. Even yeah, you, why? I, I no no yeah. like because like he I I shortlisted a bunch of people that there's a few other ones I didn't put there. But like in my own mind, I was like I wanted to give these newer actors a chance. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, Service you have, is yeah, like, helping you get attention, lad. <laughs> like, but honestly, I'm like yeah, no, his, his performance was amazing. It's always it always is. But yeah, you're, everything you said was like yeah, perfect. yeah. Hmm. You meant. Do you remember? I remember watching Mr. Fitzpatrick's class in English remains of the Day. Uh, I haven't seen that since I was a child. How many times did you watch it, Connor? Because I watched like about seven in that class yeah. in, in English. Did right? you do it for leaving, sir? Did you? Uh, was yeah, it for leaving, sir? Or was did, it just kind of extracurricular? No, we, we did the book as yeah. for English, not the yeah. movie. But we watched the movie in English class. Uh, yeah. um, some other nominees that I had was. Uh, we've talked about him a bit, but I'll just mention him. I have Lakeith Stanfield. I thought he was uh, he was the propelling force behind Judas and the Black Messiah. I in fair, I don't think he's as a dynamic an actor as Daniel Kaluuya, and that's that's not his detriment. That's because Daniel Kaluuya is one of the most dynamic actors in the world. But I still thought he was just really really great in the role. And my did anyone else nominate Lakeith? No, but I had a nice best supporting. I yeah. think he's definitely going to get there at some point. He's, yeah, he's okay. Keeping yeah. an eye on that guy. Yeah, yeah. And my other one was Colin Firth and Supernova. I had both him and Stanley Tucci as leading Connor. I know yeah. Stanley Tucci. Uh, and I uh, and I had to cut one of them. And I said, no, I'm going to cut Stanley because I've seen Stanley. Stanley is very good at the stoic, sad resilience character. And I've seen him do it before and he's great at it. Uh, but I, I thought Colin Firth was playing perhaps the more frustrating role insofar as his character is going through more more of a not more of a dilemma but i i just felt he he had to do a little bit more and i i i liked i liked his performance an awful lot um, i think if you want a if you want an actor to play a middle-aged fairly well-rounded and slightly camp gay man <laughs> stanley tucci he's your man, man. Because he seems to play a lot of middle-aged gay men. <laughs> can, can I actually just yeah? On that note, on that note, I personally, as a, as a gay man, 
I do not have an issue with straight people performing gay characters. I understand how I understand that a lot of people do, and I can I can empathize with that. That you know what you know, there's uh, gay often gay actors struggle to get roles, and when they see straight actors getting gay roles, they find it frustrating and i can empathize with that but i think i think really we should just uh, gay people should play straight people and, and gay. anyway the thing is james corden who i who i thought was awful in the prom i didn't i think he was yeah i think he was gonna he got berated for playing that character nobody says a thing about stanley touchy playing i mean stanley touchy has made a career to playing gay men literally every role he's played as a gay man and i'm argue. fine with that <sighs> Um, no, Asher, 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 way okay, they're, okay. they're communicating that say that he should play a game man, but i don't actually know if that's the, the case i am conflicted with this whole yeah me too Connie. space and maybe maybe it's a product of 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 life moving on and pro, you know societal progression and all that kind of stuff because i think 20 years ago or 30 years ago uh definitely if there was a if there was a role for a gay man it should have been played by a gay man or, or sorry, a gay I have person. A question. I have a question for both of you, just on that. Like, uh, let, let me just finish the point oh, yeah, there. On, sorry. Uh, but you know, today in today, it's it's not unusual for a uh, gay men to play straight roles and straight men to play gay roles, a la Colin Firth and Stanley However, I feel if there was a trans role, for example. There would be there would be an that outcry to say well it should have gone to a trans person to, to, yeah, to play that role uh, and, I, and maybe it's a whole thing of we've got to a stage now where it, homosexuality is is it, it's getting to a point where it, it is almost interchangeable where you can say where where there are enough gay actors to play straight roles and, and, and homosexuality is is normalised to such an extent that that crossover doesn't infringe on a marginalized group as much anymore whereas trans people very much are more marginalized and, and therefore you know any roles that are available they should they should you know be considered uh, at the top of the queue yeah. so I, I don't know I'm, I'm conflicted about the whole thing ashton what were you going to say well i'm gonna say something else and then talk about what i was gonna say in like in essence like you know, obviously directors and casting directors have to decide who's best for the role and like it might be the case that they do ask, like say gay people or trans people to like um, audition, but maybe they're not quite as good as other people who perform that role better. I think that is. I I, I understand that point of view. There is the counter, you know, that the director wants the best actor for the role, and if somebody does a better audition, then maybe they should get the role. I think the problem is uh, representation. No, I understand that perfectly. And no, um, but the other thing I was going to say was, you know, have you watched um, the TV series Bottom Family? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you have there's, there's two gay characters, and that is Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who's actually gay. He plays Mr. Pritchett, and then there's Eric Stone Street, who's not gay. He plays Cameron Tucker, and he's the more camp of the 
yeah characters what what's your opinion on eric stone street well, well i i actually think there's some there's something to be said about that because even though yeah he plays a very over-the-top camp person he also has some qualities that are extremely butch like he is really into sport and he's displayed throughout the show as being a very physically someone who's yeah, not yeah. afraid to get his hands dirty while mitch is you know like there's a scene where like where they, they think someone has broken into the house and Mitch is like, ah! And then, like, Cam just grabs a baseball bat and is like, let's show them. It's then, go time. Let's go to And that's it. And then Mitch is like, you even have a line. So yeah. there are lines lines in that where Cam... I actually think Cam is a really nuanced character because, yeah, he yeah. is on this... You can definitely look at that character as, oh, he's just being super Cam. But there's also a, a way of looking at that being like, he has some aspects that are very feminine and very Cam, but he's also got some extremely masculine qualities. Yeah, so actually, what you're saying is right. He's just playing a person. A person has these with, with lots of and I and I and I. There is nobody who could play that better than what's that actor's name? Eric Stonestreet. He's he's perfect for the role, and I would be annoyed about anyone. Else. He's just so good in that role mm. that I think that he is the right person for the role. Now you will get people who will say, "Well, that that role should have gone to a yeah yeah you will. a actor." There's there's less of us around, and probably that therefore less actors. And you know, if if there is a role available, that, that it, you know it should yeah. it should go. To I I do think trans trans uh, characters being played by trans people. I think that's different, and I and I feel quite I actually feel quite strongly about that. And mm. I think I think it's a very nuanced thing, and I think a lot of it is like so. Just for example, there was a big kerfuffle over Scarlett Johansson was allegedly going to play a trans man, and then there was. A lot of controversy and then she dropped out and and she was saying well i'm an actor i should be able to play whatever i want i'm such, and i and i can understand why she where she comes from that point of view i think it was a very clumsy thing to say mm. but i can understand her I, and i she probably would have played the role very well however we live in a world at the moment where trans people are incredibly vulnerable and are constantly denied that they are the gender that they are so there are so many people that will say trans men aren't men they're women so therefore if you get one of the most beautiful women in the world scarlett johansson to play a trans man we effectively as a community you know watching a film we will see a woman playing this trans man role and we will then subconsciously for a lot of us we will not actually we will not consider this character to be a man we will be like oh that's Scarlett Johansson so yeah it is a woman portraying a man and that's why I think it's important for trans people to be played by trans actors so do you know uh, oh what's that actress's name um, she was in Promising Young Woman she played the Lawrence uh, uh, um, oh yeah she was in um... Orange is the New Black yeah 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 she's really good yeah, she's she's a fantastic actress, and because she has only been famous post trans, she she gets lots of roles regardless of her transness. And I think we now see those roles as feminine roles. Had that been played by a, I guess, a man who a, a cis man who was acting as a trans woman, we wouldn't necessarily see the character that she's playing as a woman. We will be like, no, that's a man dressing up as a woman which isn't what a trans woman is Th and that's why i think trans actors should play trans roles does that make sense i don't know how articulate i was there i eventually i think it will get to a point as it has now with uh, you know as we've said gay people playing straight people straight people i would hope that at some point it will get to a a, a, 
a sort of an equilibrium of normalization around trans transgender people. It, it, I, I, th I think what you what you said is it's it's right. I think if you have Scarlett Johansson playing a trans person, the community to whom that movie is directed or should be directed, yeah, is not relating to that movie and and the actor in 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 that movie. I think it is such a unique experience that in order for a story to be told about that experience. And in order for the, the, the people to whom that should be directed towards, is intended to be directed towards, it's important for that experience to be played by the yeah, person yeah. who has lived it. And, and I'm, I, I think, you know, I'm really curious to see how Elliot Page's career unfolds. Like Elliot mm. Page is by far the most prominent person to transition in the public eye. And we haven't seen any, we, he hasn't acted since his transition. So I will be really curious to see the type of roles that he then mm. gets. Will, will he be, one would think he's not going to play cis women anymore. He's going to play either cis men or trans men. So I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just really, really curious to see how his career unfolds. And I really, really hope it, 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 it continues at the same trajectory. It's interesting though, because I mean, he is, in Umbrella Academy. Yes, playing a cis playing, woman. So playing a cis gay. Well, as far as we know, I mean, I mean, maybe that maybe they will change it, but uh, a cis gay a bisexual, bisexual, because uh, she had a, lo a male love interest in the first season and a yeah. female love interest in the second season. So yeah, that'll be really interesting to see what they do with with uh, what's that? Um, it's a Vanka, Vanka, Vanka. Vanka, Vanka. I think, yeah. 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 Well, I think Elliot would be like, you know. I'm an actor. I'll still play the role, but maybe they'll try to veer away from it. I don't know. I don't know. Like they might, they might incorporate it into the character of Anka. I, I don't That's know. True. Like yeah. it, it, if any series could could kind of do, it's definitely Umbrella Academy. It's Umbrella yeah. Academy, yeah, and yeah. But I don't so, know. I mean, will they feel? <laughs> will they feel the need to do it? I mean, maybe not. Or, or I don't know. I will don't he know. feel the need to to have that? Uh, communicated in the series. I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting. I mean, he, he might because he might feel well. If I'm playing a, you know, I've just transitioned. I if I'm playing, if I'm reverting to a, a cis female character. At this point in the conversation, my Zoom just cut off, and we ended up speaking for a few more minutes about this before realizing. So just to fill the gap, uh, we were just talking about how Elliot Page playing a cis female role might be detrimental and could be difficult for himself even from a body dysmorphia point of view but who what do we know we're three cis males talking shite uh god bless you if you're still listening this far i'm going to mend it editing oh hopefully we're finished soon let's find out yeah so there you go that's our little uh <laughs> thesis statement on a. Uh, the trans, the gays and the trans, the gays and the trans. I didn't talk about some of my characters. Sorry oh, sorry. Oh, oh, sorry, Ash. Well, there is. If you haven't seen the Mauritanian, it has uh, an actor called Tahir Rahim. It's about a guy who's from Mauritania, which is in northwest Africa, and he like there was some vague reference to him being involved with. Or he, he had a, a cousin or whatever related to the nine eleven attacks, and what happened mm -hmm. to him was. He was taken from there and brought to Guantanamo Bay 
and that's what the movie's about about him being accused of being a part of that but and then people defending it so it's like Jodie Foster Shane Woodley um also has uh Benedict Cumberbatch but like Dahar Rahim is like the lead actor and he's does a pretty good job of it anyway I've had uh Riz Ahmed from uh Ten of Metal. I thought he of did. course oh, he was yeah. so good. Right. He was yeah. so he was on the cusp of mine. Yeah, just like his, like how he was experiencing, how he was selling, just the idea of not being able to hear. Can I just say? Um, okay, so okay, is that everyone that we all are nominees? Mad Mickelson. And oh yes, he 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 mainly plays himself, but I think that aspect of him needs to be taught, needs to be sold to people. Um, yeah. That yeah. version of him. Mads Mikkelsen um, in, in which movie? It's uh, called Another Round. It's about mm-hmm. uh, these, I think most, yeah, they're teachers. And they get in this idea of like, you know, they need to be a constant level of drunk, I guess. To, like, it's They're based on some theories that the guy came up with. It's like lockdown for me. Yeah, yeah. To, just to kind of like manage through the day, it kind of allows them to function better because they're more relaxed, whatever. And yeah, no, he 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 it was just it was done very well. But anyway, my number one was uh Chadwick Boseman. Okay, yeah, Chadwick Boseman. Fair play, well done, Chadwick Boseman. Okay, and my number one is Anthony Hopkins. Oh, I picked Anthony Hopkins too. Oh, so there you go. Our best actor in a film are Anthony Hopkins by two and Chadwick Boseman. Well done, boys. Keep up the good work. Oh, 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 someone's calling, someone's calling. Answer, 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 answer. Sir Anthony Hopkins, oh my god. Anthony Hopkins, oh my goodness, I am such a big fan. It is so nice, it's uh, so uh, good to see. S- sorry, sir, sir, sir Hopkins, just, I can't quite. Could you move to the left there, Anthony? Uh, left. I'm just a man hiding in the corner with a camera. Yeah, in, okay. That, that was weird. Ah, there you go. I can see you now. That's great. Um, hello, Mr. Uh, San- Sir Anthony Hopkins. Uh, my name's Paul. I'm Connor. Welcome to Silver Screamers. That's our tagline. That's Ash there. Just he's very shy at this hey, second. <laughs> so thank you so, so much for agreeing to come on. And uh, welcome to the Screamy Awards Night, the first annual Screamy Awards Night. Pass your credentials. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Connor, get your passport quickly. Get your passport. Yeah. Hold up. Oh, okay. Uh, th- there's my passport. Can you see it? Closer. Very sensible, Mr. Hopkins. You have to check credentials these days. One, must be, one can't be too careful in the world of Zoom. So, Sir Anthony, I have, I'm very sorry to say we actually haven't covered any Anthony Hopkins movies on our podcast yet. Now, of course, you are a very versatile actor and you've had a lot of dramatic roles. But one thing you're not renowned for are love scenes. Except that one time in 1978 with Magic, not our dog. But what do you think about older gentlemen and love scene, uh, being in love scenes in movies? Wow, well, I'm still great at it. I'll show you. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, so we'll, we'll quickly move on from that because, Mr. Hopkins, we are really pleased to announce that you are the recipient, recipient, what's that word? Recipient? Recipient. You're the winner of two of our three Best Actor in a Leading Performance Screamy Awards Woo! 2021. Well done. My God. I can't believe it. I, uh... This is really unexpected. Is there anything you'd like to say to your countrymen, Sir Anthony? Speaking in tongues. Uh, 
Okay. Ah, that was very nice. Oh, lovely. So, what about? So I was young and easy. Oh, it's going. He's going on. Okay. Okay. Stop. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. Thanks. Thank. No. 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 You were doing fine. You had been courteous and receptive to courtesy. You had established trust. Okay. I think we'll leave it there. Yes. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks, Anthony. Bye. God bless you all. Thank you very much. Okay, let's let's move on. Let's move on, lads, because uh, it we're on <laughs> in a long podcast. <laughs> so the next category is best director, and the nominations are. Okay, so mine are Chloe uh, Zao. Oh, I hope I got that right uh, for Nomadland. Uh, Shaka King for Judas and the Black Messiah, Emerald Farrell for Promising Young Woman, Christopher Nolan for Tenet, and Armando uh, Lanucci for The Personal History of David Copperfield. Interesting choices. I have only one of those. Mine, uh, David Coep from uh, You Should Have Left, Christopher Nolan for Tenet, uh, Pete Duck and Ken Powers for Soul. Uh, Rob Savage for host, bit of left field. Oh God! <laughs> and <laughs> and Florian Zeller for the father. Okay. Um, okay, my nominees are George C. Wolf for Marini's Black Bottle, uh, Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman, the mm. Russo Brothers for Cherry, uh, Clark Duke for Arkansas. And Florian Zeller for The Father. What's uh, Arkansas? I haven't seen that one. Do you know, do you know who Clark Duke is? Um, he's. Have you seen Hot Tub Time Machine? No. Oh, I think I did years ago. He's like the younger kid in it. Um, maybe oh. it's the second one. I can't remember. But I think it's his writing and directorial debut. He also stars in the movie. But uh, it's just a movie where like, there are two kind of two guys as Clark Duke and Liam Hensworth, the other one. Oh yeah, and they're kind of like low-level drug mule people or whatever, and they get brought into this higher-level part of it and have to do that thing. It's quite interesting. I just enjoyed the movie. Um, Don Malkovich is in it, and a couple other people. But yeah, I'm really interested to watch this cherry movie now that you've brought it up. I didn't know the Russo brothers were, did that. I didn't know that. I had heard of the film. Maybe watch that tonight, Connor. I didn't know they did. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> you, you didn't know what, yeah, Ash? I didn't know they did it either after I looked it up. I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> Obviously, they got on with, uh, well, with Tom Yeah, I like it. I really, I just enjoyed the, the, his character, how it changes, yeah. and how it's way different than his Spider-Man. It's like, this, he couldn't be further from, like, Peter Parker. Khan. Yeah. Okay. I have, I, I'm just baffled by one of your choices. <laughs> the host? Absolutely baffled by it. So somebody pressed record on, on Zoom. I did That's essentially what you're saying. There, there. I, I basically could could be the director of yeah, Host. Basically, I just, did you just see yourself in it? You're like, this could be this could be that movie. Oh, maybe maybe um, you're like picked, admiring the simplicity. Maybe you're like, you know what? I, it have to be high tech. They just press I, record, and that's I think it. I, I think you've nailed it. No, I. Do you know what it was? I picked. I tried. I was going down through these movies, and I was thinking, like you could you could pick a best director you know because it's it's a it's a, a very grand film i wanted something a bit more interesting so you know or or films which had which were directed in a, in a in a way that i hadn't sort of seen before 
Okay. So the host I thought was in its simplicity was genius. Also very, very, very creepy. Um, and for a movie that was only an hour long and was clearly just because, you know, it was a very, uh, I guess, innovative rolling with the times way of getting a movie out there during COVID times and during lockdown. And I, yeah, I just, I just, I enjoyed it as a one. It's only an hour long. Yeah, it was gloriously um, short. It didn't try to be anything it wasn't. No, and it was an hour long. Here's a horror movie, really well done, uh, very simple. And yeah, I just, I just thought right. that, that's my, that's my rationale. Uh, the other one, like uh, you should have left, I thought it was a very uh, interesting type of horror movie and a very, very, so, again, something that I hadn't really seen before. Uh, Christopher Nolan, the whole parallel time flowing in two directions at the same time. I thought that was an interesting. Yeah, Christopher uh, Nolan knows how to make a watchable film. Yeah. Like, even sometimes you're, you're a little bit lost with his plots. You're like, I'm still enjoying it. <laughs> I think he's got a good way. He's got a good way of making uh, making you lost, but also uh, so, uh, three quarters of the way through explaining what's going on. You're going, oh, okay. Yeah, there's definitely to- moments in that movie where it's like, okay, I'm not sure if I'm going to get this. Or <laughs> yeah. if it, but then like, at just at the right moment, he kind of like pulled you back in with a little bit of information. You're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. I see where he's going, and then it's completely wrong or different than you kind of expect. And then he does more reveals, like, oh, okay, and then the big payoff at the end. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think uh, there's even a line in it, isn't there? A line in it where like someone is like, "Yeah, don't worry about it too much." And I, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's like, right at the start. It's like <laughs> yeah. basically telling us this is going to make no sense. This is physically yeah. impossible. Just, just, just roll the ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think he does that with, like, he's done it with Inception as well and, and various other movies where you're kind of look watching the movie going, I don't know, what the fuck's going on here? But then at a certain point you go, oh, I kind of... And it also, it's one of those movies that you leave the cinema because this is the last film we saw in the cinema um, where you leave the cinema and you have to think, but you still think about it and you go, what if this, what if that? Oh, but how, how would this work? You know, and you're thinking about it for a day or two afterwards. Yeah, and not to really give away spoilers for Tenet for anyone who hasn't seen it, but at the end, you're kind of like, oh, that is only the halfway point. <laughs> yeah. I don't think yeah. you can have a sequel, but like, it's still kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just imagining it in yourself, like, oh. Soul, I wanted to give an animated movie uh, an odd, so I went with Soul. I thought it was excellent, and I, th- I thought a very different animated movie that, again, I hadn't really seen before. And then The Father, I just thought was amazingly well uh, done and uh, again a movie where you're kind of not entirely sure what's going on until the end and you kind of go oh right okay now I, now I see what's happened here oh, I think I said Farrell there it's Fennel's uh, Emerald Fennel uh, she, she's just been signed on to do a Zatanna movie do you know Zatanna? She, she was who you used to pick in Injustice 1 the kind of the magician lady oh um, yeah yeah so uh, she's been hired to do that, and uh, she she she's she played um, Camilla Parker Bowles in The Crown. Oh God, I so wouldn't she, remember that. Ah, she oh no, I do girl. remember that. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's a fairly is good that, girl. Is Zandana then? Is she? Is this in the same? She's a DC character. Is she in the same? universe as the henry cavill superman oh, and all god that knows kind of I, I, who knows what dc are doing yeah. <laughs> i don't have a clue yeah. i don't know i don't know but uh that yeah she's saying i thought promising young woman was so like that's her first 
directorial film and it's Incredible. so well it's so well done and she wrote it as well she and she's an actor she's so talented i sorry i keep getting pieces of a woman and promising young woman mixed up yeah sorry this is the one where she she's getting people drunk and that kind of stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 um because i think pieces of a woman there was nothing really uh, inspired about the direct direction i mean the the entire opening scene i think is one take Yes, that, was, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I thought. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Yeah, that was that was good. I don't know if it is one take. I think we were saying that, but then we were like, "Oh no!" Well, it certainly disguised as as one yeah. take anyway. Yeah, yeah. Also, I thought Nomadland. I didn't think it was the most exciting film in the world, but I thought it was like beautifully crafted and beautifully made. And yeah, so uh, and I, she is the favorite for the Oscar, I believe. Chloe yeah. Zhao. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah, she was on my shortlist as well. Like again. I didn't really particularly like the movie, but it was directed well. Same with Minari. I didn't. I was that guy was also on my shortlist. I didn't but. think. I didn't think there was anything inspiring about Nomad's Land and how it was how it was uh, directed. Oh, I thought. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did. I thought it had this whole kind of sweeping kind of cam. It wouldn't even say it was a plot. It was more like a kind of a. It was more capturing a lifestyle. Like it's actually based on on a on a like a, on a, a book. That is like a, a real story, and they've kind of just car. They, it's not really a story; it's more like a lifestyle that they've kind of created a film out of. And I thought, I thought it was really compelling, and I thought but, it was. But all she did then was turn up to you know the the campsites where these actual people, because these these were the real sort of nomads of America, uh, and set up a tripod and start filming. Nonsense! There was beautiful cinematography <laughs> in that film. Know, you you nominated that guy from the yeah. Well, then, yeah, then, Jesus then, Christ. Then, <laughs> Then, then give praise to the cinematographer. I am, uh, and also this director Chloe is out uh, was able. You're always saying it's in the direction, the good acting. She was able to get incredible performances out of non-actors. These, well, that's uh, I, I just thought that, that was so admirable. So yeah, I thought I think I thought it was a spectacular achievement. So, second yeah. host. <laughs> Well, I explained. I, I qualified what my my choice, and then, and then he shot there and Paul for the same reason. Yeah. Uh, well, they had a load of buttload of money behind them. The host didn't, and they still managed to pull it off. Uh, is there anyone in particular you want to talk about, Ash? Um, no, I just had George C. Wolf as well for Matt Rainey's Black Bottom. I thought that was again like bringing out the performances of the actors. I watched that movie again in a heartbeat. I didn't think. I I don't think. I wouldn't have thought it was. Uh, you know. Again, I, I, I just have problems with, with movies that come across as stage productions. Um, but I didn't think necessarily the direction was very compelling. Like it wasn't anything new. I don't think I don't think it, I didn't think it was very from a direct from a directorial perspective, very uh, interesting. Cool. I, I also wanted to give a bit of attention to the personal history of David Copperfield. It was uh quite an early release and i really loved it and i thought it had this lovely playful i just thought it was, a, it was just, and I, I just thought it was a beautiful film and i enjoyed it a lot and i it was like on the kind of the just outside the wings of a lot of my other nominations so i, I thought yeah no director that's a good spot to put it i couldn't watch that movie honestly what do you mean i got 10 minutes in and i was like really yeah no i just couldn't oh i love this Oh really? Oh, I'm surprised at that. And I really yeah. like the actor, but I just <laughs> I that's know. a great cast. Yeah, I don't think Connor, you weren't too crazy. Uh, forgettable, I think. I can't even really remember. 
the story. Uh, I, I remember flashes of it, but I don't. It wasn't one that stuck with me. Fair enough. Okay, so who are who are our winners? So the winner is Christopher Nolan. I went with the tennis, which is a bit of an obvious choice, but there you go. Okay, I gave it to Emerald Fennel for promising young man. And I'm also giving it to Emerald Fennel. Ooh, I made mm. Cool. Okay. She still gets a tweet anyway. So, so nobody. Uh, you said that the the favorite is uh, Nomad's Land one. Um, so and nobody went. No, nobody gave it to her. Interesting. Is she the favorite to win that? Really? I I think so. I think she won the Golden Globe. Hmm. We should okay. do. Uh, we should maybe do a couple look at uh, see if there's any bets and do a few bets on the Oscars if, there, if there's any going. <laughs> I have to say, you you I, would do well on that, Paul. I generally get about 80 to 90%. I'm pretty good at predicting the Oscars, but this year I think it's a bit more hard. I, there's some definites, like Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman is going to win. Daniel Kaluuya is going to win. Best Actress, I think, is a bit loosey-goosey. Kaluuya definitely deserves to Daniel Kaluuya is like not... There's no way he isn't going to win. Like that's He's... The other actors are just like glad to turn up, I imagine. And yeah. same, and same with Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. I don't, I cannot see Chadwick Boseman not winning. But the one that I think is totally could go any direction is, is Beck's picture. So maybe that's a nice transition. Maybe we could talk about our nominations. To, oh, wait, actually, before we do best, do you want to do worst picture? Because we end, maybe we'll end on best picture. Yeah, okay. Sure. Ashwin, this is what a, you were struggling with. I was struggling because most of the movies that I. I would put put up for best best picture. Uh, I just didn't. I just didn't fully watch or just stop watching. Or right, okay, okay. okay. They were just. I generally, if I anyway. start, I'm gonna finish. Yeah. Yeah. But so you guys go first, and I'll just add okay. it. Okay. And the nominations are. Okay, I had two. I had only two options because I was looking down through the movies that oh, we've watched, nice. the forty odd movies or whatever, and. Uh, None of them were total clunkers, except for these, one of these in particular, but I, I said I, I better have two. And I think you know which ones I'm going to go for, Paul. Go ahead. The first one is, do you want to guess? Mank. Mank, yes. Yeah. And the second one? I'm thinking of ending things. Absolutely. <laughs> Fucking shockingly shite. All right. Um, let's just let's, let's list all of our nominations and, and then we can... Usually okay. we do a round of other nominations. I'd be surprised if you're not the same, Paul. Yes, I have Mank, and I'm thinking of ending things as well. <laughs> um, I have three others though that I, oh, right, I think okay. are very, very worthy of being beside them. Okay. Uh, oh, Ava, the... Ava. Yeah, I thought yeah. It was dreadful. Really, really, really bad. The prom. The prom. I thought you I did go not for, yeah. care for, and Fantasy Island. I didn't go for that. I just felt that Mank and uh, I'm thinking of any things were so bad there was no point in going any further, to be honest. At least and they looked pretty. All right, Ash, what's your nominees? So I have Tesla, which I'll talk about a bit more. Mm-hmm. And I also have Ava. <laughs> and another movie with Will Ferrell and Tina, is it Tina Fey? Um, called Downhill, which is just a watch it. All right, okay. Bad comedy. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think, like, Will Ferrell, fair enough, the Eurovision Song Contest was was quite fun and to watch, but generally a Will Ferrell movie, I'm just I'm just going to avoid it. Will Ferrell, even. Okay. You, did you see I'm Thinking of Ending Things, Ash? No, what's that about? Oh. It, it got, like, a bit of traction. Like, like, if I'm being kind, like, I 
the performances are pretty great in it. It's got Jesse Buckley, got Jesse Plemons, two Jessies, Tony Collette, and ooh, who's the actor who played um, Lupin in the Harry Potter films? Oh yeah, anyway, him. And uh, Jesse Buckley's character is like in the kind of the relatively early stages of dating Jesse Plemons, and she he, she's going to meet his parents, um, but she's also kind of thinking of ending things, and. It's like a, it's it's kind of like a, um, a dream, and it's very arty farty. And I, I know a lot of people who liked it and loved it. It is so um, arty farty it's douchey. Very, yeah, it's very. It's douchey. it's and this is going to be spoiler alert. I think. Okay. Um, yeah. So fast forward a minute if you're yeah. if you care about it. I think ending things. I think the concept is that it's it's somebody's memories, isn't it? So it's 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 Jesse Parson is it no sorry what's his name Clemens. Jesse Clemens it he's now an older man and it's his memories of a particular time in his life when he was uh, dating this person and brought uh, her to see his family and because it's a memory the movie is his memory it skips and fast forwards in time and he remember he's remembering his parents at different stages of their life and all this kind of stuff which is fine i think it, it, am i right paul is that kind of what you took from it as well um it's been so long and i didn't i think a film like this usually i end up thinking about lots the next day but i just found it was so unenjoy unenjoyable and so ploddy and just like I, that, I just found myself kind of going. I don't care, but like, yeah, there's probably loads to unpack in this, mm. but I just fundamentally didn't care. Like, do you know, Mother? Um, it would be a great movie for dissecting it at least yeah. or something, but I'm not interested in doing that. You know, do you know Darren, Ar- Darren, Ar- Darren Aronofsky's Mother? Yeah, that like was it. kind of a similar kind of bullshitty movie, but I felt at least that was, even though it was bullshitty at least it was kind of entertaining in its bullshit. Was that the Mother There's, Nature one? That's the one that, um, it just is Jennifer Lawrence walking around the house going, Ugh. hey, for like oh an hour and a half. God. Hey, don't do that. Hey, oh, no. Yeah. No, get off there. Uh, but at least that had kind of, it had an escalation and it had like a narrative that I was able to, to grasp and kind of go along with. Well, this, I just felt this was meandering and frustrating and i love jesse buckley and it's probably her biggest film mm. and it, it you know people liked it i think i do jesse buckley actually... jesse buckley is awesome uh, oh, so really great in fargo yeah anyway it was as you said meandering arty farty douchey and just un- unenjoyable to watch however i will say that occasionally paul will pick a movie and he'll go, it's meant to be really good jesus christ and i'm kind of going oh i don't know about this and normally it turns out that the movie is quite good this was one of the occasions where it was not good. And I looked at him and I said, ha, never listen to you again. <laughs> so now whenever Paul picks a movie, I'm able to go, do you remember I'm thinking of anything? <laughs> and then Mank. Again, just, I didn't really understand what was going on in Mank, to be honest. I, I, I just felt it was going nowhere. So we had a brief discussion about Mank before we both watched it, where we both kind of watched the first couple of minutes and then we're like, uh, maybe not. So when I was watching it, I was like, okay, look, I'll try to look at it again. I do tend to do this thing where I watch things at a faster rate as I'm like 
one one point two five percent just to get through it quicker. Really? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so they, just, they're all talking a bit like this. No, like it doesn't actually change that much until it gets like over one one point five percent. But like, yeah, no, it, I think it actually maybe did help the pacing <laughs> just because I guess getting through it faster. But I actually, I think it was written really well, and it was also kind of self-referential how it's like. Gary Elmo's character, he's the writer, and he was talking about he's supposed to be writing the script for Susan Kane. Mm. And the whole thing was one of the guys was cr- criticizing how he was writing because he kept like jumping back in time or not telling it in a struggle in like a kind of a linear fashion. Mm. And he just kept like changing like where the story has been picked up. And loads of act- loads of directors do that now, like especially say Quentin Tarantino, where he'll tell something out of order, or even Christopher Nolan that especially with memento and things like that but it was written in that way and it was referencing itself because he kept like in the movie kept yeah. jumping back to himself at different time periods i wasn't mm-hmm. really paying attention to when like like 1933 1934 or whatever like it doesn't really yeah. matter but it was just like his character and then getting to a leading to a point to why he's doing what he's doing right now which was he was Writing Citizen Kane, but he was originally going to be un. Oh wait, <laughs> I probably shouldn't spoil it in case people mm-hmm. want to watch it. But uh, yeah, it, it kind of builds to a point. Like it's not overly great. It's just better writer. I got the concept of this guy who was a star in Hollywood because he was such a good writer. Who then became an alcoholic. Who was then washed up. Who then wrote the greatest thing he'd ever written. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's, that, 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 that's basically the story. I didn't get all, and I didn't care about all the political stuff that was in the middle of it. And he has this kind of monologue where he's meant to be drunk, but he's not really drunk because he's very clear. Uh, he's got you know great clarity in what he's saying. And I couldn't really follow the monologue or why it was important what he was saying. And there was just a lot of that faffing about in the middle that I didn't, you know, it just didn't mean anything to me or didn't, I just wanted it to be over. That's fair. I understand. I, I just find it really, really, really hard to keep my attention on the dialogue, which is not something I usually have issues mm. with ever. I just find my like, constantly daydreaming. It actually reminded me a little bit of when I was, you know, like sometimes you're in, when you're in school or college and you're doing a lecture and you, you, you have to actively choose yeah. to actually follow the narrative, you know, and I don't think that's ever happened to me in a film before. No, Even I, a boring I, film. I was very much the same. And yeah. like we started this movie a couple of months ago and got 10 minutes in and stopped it and then came back to it for the purposes of the Oscars and watched it in three sittings because we just couldn't bring ourselves to yeah we just like after 45 minutes we were just like do you want to come back to it tomorrow (laughs) Uh, by by day three I was like oh Christ we have to watch the rest of Mank (laughs) I was actually just surprised it wasn't it didn't get um nominated for best writing because it was written how it was literally done that on purpose it was written yeah. that way on purpose and it's about a writer so that's, yeah that's it's almost a bit of a, a dig actually the fact that it wasn't because yeah. i mean there's not that many films about writers really i the only thing i'll say about mank and about i'm thinking ending things because neither of them actually won my worst film won <laughs> like they're both good looking like mank is a beautiful looking film 
It's a really gorgeous looking film. Like you could literally pause anything on that and it could be like a frameable picture. And the performances in both are very good as well. So in good conscience, I don't think they're, I really just think they're just really just not my kind of film, if I'm honest. Mm. I don't know necessarily if they're bad films. I think people were saying, and it's true that, you know, Hollywood loves movies about itself, which mm. which Mank is. And they also love mm. a good douchey movie, which I'm thinking of anything mm. this is so. I thought The Prom was just kind of, like, it was watchable. I just thought there were so many choices in it. I was like, oh, Meryl Streep, we don't need to see another Meryl Streep musical. I find it very forgettable. Yes, um, James Corden was... Can't watch oh, anything with James Corden. Oh, did I, did I say was, that before? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, we, I think like, yeah. Like even Nicole Kippen, who I do quite like. I, I I've seen her be more fabulous and, and cooler. It was just it was an incredibly uncool film. I don't even remember Nicole Kidman being in it. I I've, I that movie again. We watched it and it's kind of out of, gone out of my memory. I, yeah. I don't. I I remember pieces of it. Ash, you nominated you nominated Ava as well. I just feel that I don't know why every actor actress has to do a movie like this. It's just <laughs> unnecessary. I like Jessica Chastain, fine, but I don't. She doesn't need to do a movie like this. Like why? Yeah, I didn't buy her in the role at all. It's like, oh, you're some sort of assassin type character. Great, more spy or whatever. Like you know, everyone mm. seems to have to tick on that one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I do think Colin Farrell makes a good bad guy. I, I like. I generally think he always is good when he's actually. He's probably the only thing I did like a bit. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you watch Fantasy Island, Ash? No. Yeah, don't. <laughs> okay, good. I thought it was going to be maybe kind of a trashy horror. Um, it just was a. It was a it was sort of a horror. It didn't make any sense. It was terrible acting. Um, it cut the premise just felt it was overly long and bloated. The ending made no sense, it was just stupid. It was just a stupid, stupid, stupid. This was a bad film, okay. Mank and Ava, not my kind of film. This is just a bad film. What about what, did any other nominees that you didn't mention? Ash? Oh, uh, Tesla. So the movie is about Nikola Tesla, who you know, we all know is a great inventor, Scientist, yeah. and I really like Ethan Hawke, but it's just, just for some reason the movie was just dead and boring okay you could have definitely made this movie a bit different and what it's just about his life obviously it's about it? his life but like just the way they decided to follow parts of it like yeah he had a love interest which may or may not have been actually been real or <laughs> i don't know it's just maybe like sometimes people's lives aren't that interesting <laughs> like <laughs> not everyone needs a biopic like, not so everyone needs a biopic yeah. like i'm sure the character was real but it was like jp morgan's daughter who's his main rival or yeah and the thomas edison it's kind of just his interactions with those people and it's just like okay um Make it make make me want to watch this movie. I had to turn it off halfway through because it was like, okay, I gave it a shot. I actually really wanted to try to watch this movie and like it, but just. I wonder what Elon Musk talked. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd rather not <laughs> think about what he thinks. But J.P. Morgan was a uh, like a a financier and a banker. Why was he his biggest rival? No, no, it was just like his interactions with those people. Edison was his rival, but it was just kind of J.P. Morgan kind of had maybe probably he funded him or something. Or, yeah, I think so. Uh, Okay, it uh, it has five on IMDb anyway, which isn't great for a biopic. So I don't want to say the winners, but uh, who are the biggest losers of the year? Oh wait, wait, guys? wait! Did you did you decide on a name for the loser? The, the silver, the silver shitter. 
or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, well, my shitter award. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. My shitter award goes to Fantasy Island. Okay. My shitter award goes to I am thinking of ending things. And my shitter award goes to Tesla. So there. Uh, so guys, don't watch those. Plenty of clunkers in twenty twenty. And I'll just say this now: I ain't going to be tweeting those people. <laughs> <laughs> You won the shitter award. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they've been tweeted enough, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Here's a big pile um, of poo. Okay, well, here's the the award of the night is best picture. And the nominations are mine are okay. Promising young woman. Judas and the Black Messiah. The Father. Invisible Man, and so. Ooh, nice mix. Uh, I have Sound of Metal, Pieces of a Woman, Promising Young Woman, The Martanian, and I Care A Lot. Uh, my nominees are You Should Have Left, Tenet, The Devil All the Time, Soul, and The Father. Right. Okay. I've kind of surprised you some years, Con. I wanted to. I wanted to be a bit different. Mm, I didn't think you liked. I should have left that much. I thought it was. Uh, yeah. I just thought it was quite interesting. Uh, interesting horror movie. Um, Did you prefer that to Invisible Man? Obviously. Actually, I, when you said Invisible Man, I was like, oh, maybe I'd do a last minute change. Because <laughs> um, I did actually think Invisible Man was excellent. Uh, yeah, so so okay. Well, we'll say. <laughs> Let's say you should have left and or you can have another nomination. The Oscars have eight. Um anyway. They can have it up to ten. Anyway, it's not gonna win. I've already picked my winner, so okay. Uh, I've kind of talked about all my nominees, apart from So, actually. I didn't talk about So, which oh, I really So loved. was amazing. It was a yeah, great so film. Good. So gorgeous. Yeah, love just I think I have anything else to say about my actual movies because we did talk. We kind of yeah, we've kind of yeah, gone kind through of, them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Maybe, like, well promising young woman. Just again, gives that another nod. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's again, because like, really, I, I, really good. Like, I gave it three nominations. I had Carrie Mulligan, I had Best Film, and Best Director for like, I, they were nominated for those. My, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, my winner is So. Oh, interesting choice. You didn't yeah. have any other nominations in uh, for So. No, it was very, very close for director. Um, uh, but I loved, uh, and I guess for acting, I guess voice acting never really gets attention. Maybe maybe it should get more. Uh, but anyway, I loved it, and that's so. Yeah, best picture. It was excellent, yeah. and a really kind of new, different kind of animation as well. Not nothing that we had kind of seen before. Yeah, it was a lovely concept. Uh, it was also, I suppose, my family and I have a tradition, and Connor, you're in on this now, where we watch a film together on Stephen's Day. Um, on December 26th and it's probably the one time of the year where I can get my parents to sit down and watch a film with me like in the daytime and I'm always like no no tidying no phone calls we're gonna three o'clock until six o'clock and we're all gonna sit yeah and uh, and it was uh, and uh, this is not a film that my mother would ever have sat down to watch I just know it's not her a film that she would ever but she, they all we, all we all loved it we all really really loved it so yeah um, okay, my uh, winner for Best Picture was The Father. Again, yeah, brilliant concept, brilliant movie, brilliant acting, and made, as I said, made me, brought me to tears, which is 
difficult to do sometimes. And uh, when it does happen, I, I really appreciate that a movie has <laughs> gotten me to that point. Um, I'll try and make you cry more often. It's definitely, a, it's definitely a film that I think everyone should see. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like it, in my overall list, it was 11 or no, 10. It was number 10 in my full list of movies I enjoyed this year. So. Oh, what was, so what was your number one? Well, my number one is also my best film, which is Sound of Metal. Oh, um, really? Oh, yeah. I think another thing where people just need to be like, it's, it's been brought into that world was quite like quite interesting um, and yeah i don't know I, I, we did talk about it a bit earlier but yeah it's a it is a, it's Riz a Ahmed, yeah Riz Ahmed is excellent yeah yeah first um, muslim actor to get nominated for yes an oscar yeah. i believe really that's kind of ridiculous honestly yeah obviously um oh what's what's the guy who played freddie mercury oh my mind's gone blank Ram, rami malik rami rami malik he's a, i i actually thought he was muslim but he's not obviously I think is his descent is he sort of he is, is he, he Israeli Egyptian. descent or Egyptian? Oh yeah. 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 That's and also the wow. first Asian man to be nominated for Egyptian. an Oscar he, as well. He's born in California. I mean not, but no, <laughs> yeah, okay. I've I've, I've Egyptian <laughs> descent. Yeah. Um I also thought uh, oh the actor who plays the in Minari, I I haven't got his name written down. Stephen Yen. Stephen Yen. He's the first Asian man to be nominated for an Oscar as well, or certainly Again. for best leading actor. Quite ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Mental. Yeah. There you go. Okay, great. So that's our three our three silver screen films of the year. So the father and the sound of metal. Three really amazing films. So mm, get on us, watch them. They're so awesome. yeah. So for all of you guys involved in those films, well it's only a made us your dreams Finally did it. You, you want to scream me. Gotta yeah. scream me. Finally. Oh. We just want to say to all of our nominees, these all did very well. Good job. Keep, apart from the the the, the shitter awards, shitter awards. Okay? Yeah. Everyone else, keep up the good work. You're doing us proud. <laughs> and uh, the shitter awards do better. <laughs> and the award for most patronizing podcast goes to <laughs> Silver Screamers. Don't worry, I, they all they have next year. Yeah. <laughs> they have next year. They have next year. Well, boys, I think that's it. Is it? Yeah. We were going to. Are we going to do the Oscars, or are we going to do? I think we'll leave. We're on three hours now, and I can't face. To, 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 to I just, yeah, I just think I think the podcast is long enough as it. <laughs> you should do a special. Well, why don't we just do a quick fire round? Let's all guess who we think is going to win for each each of the following. Okay. Best supporting actor nominees for twenty twenty one are Paul Rossi for Sound of Metal, Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, and Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah. So okay, I'm calling Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, Daniel. Daniel's gonna yeah. get it. Daniel, yeah. he has to. Okay, best supporting actress card: Amanda Siegfried in Mank, Olivia Coleman, the father, Yu Young. Oh God, Ashton, help me. Yu Jung Young. Yu. Yes. For Minari, uh, Maria Bakalova for Borat's subsequent movie film, and Glenn Close, God lover, in Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> she keeps on trying. Uh, I think this is going to go to Maria Bakalova. Maria Bakalova. Yeah, uh, I think it's yeah. good to Olivia Coleman. Really? 
Really? Yeah, oh, I, I don't do, think yeah. she's going to oh, win a second Oscar this quick. No I way. don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it would be deserved for 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 the father. To be honest, I do think though. I don't know. Maybe this could be Glenn Close's year. No. Well, is that is that <laughs> yeah, how you're going? That feels really mean. Yeah. Uh, I would love to going? see it being you, John Young. But, okay, quick well, yeah. fire. Let's just quick fire. Who do you th- yeah, you're yeah. going for? You, okay. you Jung Young. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for Glenn Close. Okay, I'm going to go for Maria Bakalova. And I'm going for Olivia Coleman. Okay. Oh, so divisive. Okay, three totally different ones there. Um, we should probably, you know, whoever gets the most of these has to buy the other two a pint next time we all go drinking together. How does that work out? It should be the way around. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. The other person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the person yeah. who wins so, gets all the gets all the drinks. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Best uh, actor best nominations: actor. Anthony Hopkins yeah. for The Father, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Stephen Yen for Minari, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Gary Oldman, Mank. This is going to Chadwick, definitely. Yeah, Chadwick. I think it's going to go to Chadwick, but I would prefer to see Anthony Hopkins win it, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I think it, I think Chad, this is Chadwick's uh, Oscar. Okay. Best actress. Okay, best actress. Okay. Andra Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and Francis McDormand, Nomadland. I think this could go anyway, hey, but I'm going to go for fun. Viola. I think this is a really, really wide open. I think it could go anywhere, but I'm going to go for Viola. I think I would have to go with Viola. Well, I actually, I don't know if Andrew Day was good in the United States. Really Andrew Day won the Golden Globe, but oh, the really? film hasn't gotten any other attention. So... Okay, but yeah. I will. I would go with Viola Davis. Yeah, I actually think it might go to Carrie Mulligan. Really, I'd love it to go yeah. to Carrie Mulligan. I don't think it will. She wasn't like she wasn't my per- first choice, but I think it will go there. Oh, okay. okay. Best movie? Oh, sorry, best director. And we're sorry we can't cover all the categories. You know, all, all this very. <laughs> if you're listening, yeah, if you're listening at this stage. If all these, <laughs> all these cinematographers and editors who do great jobs, but I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, Thomas Winterberg. For another round, never heard of it. Dave, I, I talked about it earlier, Connor. Oh, I remember it well. Like it was only five minutes ago, not twenty-four years ago. Um, okay, so Thomas Vinterberg for another round. David Fincher for Mank. Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Uh, Emerald Fennel, that's a lovely name. Emerald Fennel, promising young woman, and Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. Okay, I'm going to go for Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Uh, well, I don't know another round, but I will. I I think it's probably will be. It, it will go to Chloe's out for Nomadland, uh, just because it is a, quite a different movie. Maybe I unfortunately I think my good to David Fincher for Mac. <laughs> I don't want it to, but it, it was yeah, I think real. you've got a point. I think you've got a good point, actually. Yeah, maybe. Like, I wanted to go to Emerald Fennel, but. Yeah, I'd like it to go to Emma. I think she might win the writing award, actually. She's nominated for Best Screenplay. I think she might get that. I feel like she's going to walk away with something, but I don't think it'll be Best Director. Maybe. Okay, okay. and then finally, uh, finally best picture. the Best Picture, Sound of Metal, uh, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Trial of the Chicago Seven, and Nomadland. 
Again, I think this is quite wide. I think really, I don't think there's any film that has no chance, but I think Nomadland will, will just cinch it. Really? No, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 56 on my list. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I would. I think it's a coin toss between The Father and Judas and The Black Messiah. I'm going to say I'd like The Father to win. I'm going to say I think it'll be Judas and The Black Messiah. I... I also think it's Judas and the Black Messiah. I, I'd love I'm, like, I, 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 I'm nice actually okay with it if it wins. Yeah, I think that'd be a nice winner. Mm. I, I would like Sand and Battle to win, but yeah. Minari is one that has gotten a lot of uh, interest uh, this year, but which I, I I didn't really. It was a nice film, but I, I don't I don't know if it was kind of as Oscar-y. Uh, yeah, I, I agree, Jay. It's like nice film. Was everything about it was fine. But yeah, yeah. I think no. <laughs> I think it was just kind of encapsulating the what it means to be a, a, an American. Yeah, you know, like the American dream. You know, you know, having a bit of land that is yours and trying to cultivate a living from it. Um, and it's just the story of so many people who have tried to do that in America. Um, mm. And I, I, yeah, I, I think I think I think that's why I liked Nomadland and Minari. It was these kind of. There's a sector of America that we don't often see being yeah. highlighted, and I and I appreciated that in both films. Um, mm. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, look, lads, I think uh, there we go. Same, probably say the same for a promising uh, young woman to last, but <laughs> a darker side of. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay, so uh, that is the 2021 first annual Screaming Awards. Yes, Ashwin, thank you so much for coming on with us. Uh, Thanks for having me. Fun. Um, thank yeah. you for doing uh, because there's a lot of homework involved in this. So thank you so much. No worries. Love it. And next time we're on, we'll be starting our uh, do 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 do. Oh, that's the wrong. Star. That's Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. They're all the same. All those. Or from the sixties. <laughs> oh, is that theme you sang from Next Generation? That's not the original Star Trek. Yeah, no, the Next Generation was the one oh, I sang there. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, you got a lot of learning to do. I do. Yeah. I think this is going to be. You know, a lot of <laughs> we've had some comments like, "Oh yeah, Paul talks, talks a lot." <laughs> Paul definitely leads the conversation. Not this season. Not this this season. is my this season. season. I'll just be going like, all right, all right. Well, I know what's going to happen, though. You're going to go off and swat up and get all this research done. Actually, and then you're yeah, maybe, maybe you more. should do the opposite way around. Because like, normally, Paul would do all the, like, that type of stuff. Like, he'll kind of investigate it. And Connor's like, I'm just going to look at it with fresh eyes. Yeah. So maybe Paul should just... Look yeah, at blank. I'm, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to watch the film and turn up. I'm, absolutely. And I'll come and up with my thesis statement, but it'll just be from my knowledge of watching the film. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a strategy, all right. That's, that's the strategy <laughs> you take when you're like, I am not going to do a lot of research on this. <laughs> <laughs> Grant, okay. Well, look, uh, Con, do you want to just tell us our, our handles and then we can sign off? <laughs> you can visit our website, www.silver-screamers.com. You can catch us on Facebook, Silver Screamers Podcast. Twitter at Silver Screamers Podcast, Instagram Silver Screamers Podcast. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, all good podcast retailers. <laughs> there you go. You're you like Jumbo like with the feather. You didn't need the piece of paper. You could do it all. <laughs> <around>. <laughs> uh, 
I'm pretty sure because some of them are Silver Screamers podcast and then some of them are at Silver Screamers. So I'm sure there's, I've gotten something wrong there, but you hear it at the end of every show anyway. So just like us and tweet us and comment us and do all that kind of stuff and keep it all nice and friendly because we'll just delete comments we don't like. So there you go. Hey. Oh, we've got a comment. we got a positive comment. Uh, from we got a positive comment that we didn't d- delete. <laughs> Someone. And they were like, oh, good point. So thank you. <laughs> anyway, okay. Toodaloo. Thanks, guys. Bye.